a plethora of PlayStation. started hello and welcome to triangle square the playstation <laughs> podcast uh as you may have heard or will hear because i'm definitely leaving some version of that by mouth uh intro into <laughs> the episode uh <laughs> we are getting this show started if you are new to the show first and foremost welcome we are a playstation podcast so we talk about gaming through the lens of being playstation fans but that doesn't mean that we don't play xbox pc nintendo whatever it be fit as we see games and things that they're doing that we like but the way we like to start this show off if you stick around we'd love to have you but we start the show off with a check-in on what we've all been playing so that you guys can know and so that we can talk about it with each other so saul i'm gonna start with you this week what have you been playing buddy I've only played one game this week, and I started Me it yesterday. Uh, Playtale Innocence, and I played like an hour of it. I can't wait for you to play more just because I know how good the game is. Honestly, that was <clears throat> this is one of those days like where it's a holiday. So, or yesterday was a holiday, so like I'm all thrown off dates. So, like, I spent most of the day until you came into my office thinking I'm going to go home and play this tonight. And I was like, oh crap, got the podcast. Can't do that. Oh, one hundred percent. I've been calling today Monday all day, knowing it's not Monday. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I've known today's not Tuesday, or I've, I've known today's Tuesday, but it's like it's still throwing me it off. Feels, like, yeah, that my expectations are set wrong. Well, because you think my first day of work in the week, I don't have anything going on, but the holiday messes that up. I call that Monday on a Tuesday, and that's what that's what that is. Yeah, it's super annoying. So it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's what happens. All right, so Plague Tale, you like what you've played so far. I know that you uh, were talking about that you played it and you thought it was beautiful, but I guess at that particular part of the game, you don't really have a lot of mechanics thrown your way just yet, do you? No, I got like the rock sling and the that, that's kind of it. Like the sneaking okay. mechanics. I mean, it's not too far off. One of the things I like about the game is that it's it's somewhat simplistic. Like it knows what it's doing. Um, and it doesn't try and go too far outside of that, and it focuses on story, and the gameplay will continue to improve, and you'll get to do puzzles and stuff based around some of those, but it's not a very involved mechanic, like mechanically. Uh, it's not very involved in a good way. So I hope you'll get to keep playing it and enjoy it. But I yeah, know that's that the can plan change for tomorrow. Yeah, you got anything on your horizon, or is that. it just that? Okay. All right. Uh, just that for now. Um, I really don't have anything other than I keep wanting to get to, um, Aegis Rim 13 Sentinels. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I haven't had time. Is there something holding you off? Just feeling Uh, like it's too much to undertake right now? Yeah. Too much to undertake right now. Um, I was, I, I downloaded, like we talked about tribes of Midgard. And I almost started playing that on Saturday, but with like the holiday weekend, I ended up doing a lot more this weekend than I initially anticipated. Yeah. So that's kind of like where we're at there for for that. What have y'all played well, this week? I'll tell you that you should definitely play Tribes of Midgard. And if you would have played Saturday, you could have hopped on and uh, beat Jormungandr with us. <laughs> wow, you did it. Donovan and I, yeah, well, I beat him twice now. <clears throat> Nice. So, and and I've almost beat him a third time, but you know, technically, I've almost beat him three times now, 
and then completely <laughs> successfully completed him twice. But we did pretty good. Uh, it, the game is really fun. Donovan got through part of Finrer, uh, the other saga boss uh, battle, uh, after Jormungandr, which is pretty cool, and survived until like day 18 or whatever. So that game still amazing, still having a good time. It is legitimately all I've played this week. And uh, it is probably all I will still play because I'm going, I'm gunning for platinum. And it's not a hard platinum. It's just a little bit time consuming because the platinum is like tied to essentially in-game achievements that you can do that give you in-game rewards, which is good. I like the system. It means you can kind of track your progress in the game without having to necessarily go to the menu, uh, the PS Plus menu or the PS Trophy menu, rather. Uh, Chris got on and played with us. I did. I did get and on you and didn't hate it. it. No, definitely did not hate it. You know what not sucks is it. I hate that I had work the next day <laughs> because if I hadn't, yeah, you know how you said the magic words that I think this game, and I don't know if you've really messed with it much since, but you said exactly the, the words that I was hoping you would say, and that is when you get through with the run, you have that part of you that's like, I don't know why, but I really want to immediately jump into another run. <laughs> and yeah. I, one of the things I described to you, and I'm not hating on the game at all because I know a lot of people really love it, but you and I have talked about how neither of us were able to really get, like, you didn't really like Returnal, but I, even me as someone who liked Returnal, I felt like the thing that it failed at in terms of being a game that had runs that long while trying to be roguelite is that the game had a really hard time. If you would, if I would end a run definitely after getting into it for a few hours, like if I was in like an hour and a half, two hour run and then it ended all of my motivation to start again, just pretty much went out the window because it felt like it was too cumbersome to try and get back where I think tribes of Midgard succeeds is that when you're doing these matchmaking things and you go online or even when you're doing, like uh, we did where it's just four of us, you have this set up to where a good run is like two to three hours. But even at the end of a good run, even if you fail, even if you don't get what you were looking for, the game does a good job of being designed in a way that immediately wants you to step in and get more of that. And I think Returnal, for me personally, failed that. And it made it harder to want to keep playing because it felt like every time it was like, I just want to play Returnal for a single run. And if I fail, I fail, and I'll just turn it back on again tomorrow. But I feel like most roguelites live or die based off of how likely you are to immediately start playing again. So yeah, I, can see I that. hope you'll play more. I... um. <laughs> I played a good amount. I got to like day four or something on my own. But my it's hard solo, isn't it? It is hard solo. Uh, my complaint remains the same. Your character moves far too slow. I don't like. I don't like it. Did That's you? Like uh, did you problem. become a ranger? No, the run I'm in the middle of. I had already picked warrior, so it's like oh, I'm just taking an hour and a half Stick to get it. across this map. It's taking far too long. Oh no, I got to go all the way back because my town's being attacked. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, see, using shrines and every now and then bad world seed generation means that you have far too few shrines like where you need them to be. Yeah. Um, but using shrines and using your waystone, your R3, to return back to the village once per day without having to hit a shrine are really important for that. But there's also things you can do to constantly be going faster. You can craft speed potions. You can find little... Uh, um, what are they actually called? But the little fountains that have the liquid in them. Um 
they're not shrines. I don't know why I can't think of what they're called right now, but you can find those that have gold liquid and that's uh speed and it'll mm-hmm. give you like 30 seconds of speed increase, which is great when you come into a new area and you want to quickly like perimeter scout it or find the next shrine so that you can activate it. Um, I unlocked seer, which is like the end game class and it's amazing being able to completely avoid uh temp- It's one of the perks so you have to unlock it, but uh, being able to completely avoid temperature differences means that as I'm exploring, I can go into the hot or cold immediately without having to build up armor that helps you do so. Um, and there's a bunch of other things. As you attack, you'll set, uh, once you unlock that class, it's one of the passive perks that's already there. When you attack, you have a chance of spawning a healing circle at your feet. It's like a small world tree. So you know you have the big one in the city that pulses and heals you. This is like a small one at your feet that pulses and heals everyone in it. And... Uh, it's it's amazing. You can bump up your weapon damage. You can bust up, bump up your attack speeds. When enemies are inside of the actual healing circle, you can get a perk that allows it to where as soon as they walk in, vines come up and constrict them where they can't move and they're stun locked for a few seconds, which is nice. great for ad control. It's a it's a game changer. I mean, so is Hunter. the The next or yeah, the Hunter is the next one up from Ranger, um, but the game is. The game is very good. I love it. It is definitely a game. Definitely <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to convince you yet, Chris, that you will end up loving it. I believe in myself and you. And I believe it even more now that you have basically told me that you think you are conceding on Fallout 3 being Platinum 100. Yeah, I might. But then again, I very well might just leave a bunch of games almost though complete and then do it in like six months and then just pop like 18 of them <laughs> the same day, which actually might be kind of fun. I don't know. That might be kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I've also seen you on, what's that MMO? Um, oh, Lost Ark. The, yeah, Lost Ark. I've been seeing you on Lost Ark pretty consistently. So no, I don't know if you I just... Ne- I never played it. I launched it and it crashed and it just, it's just stayed on my discord for like three days. I have not well, played one, is, one bit of it right now because you started master duel. It says you're playing master duel. Oh, there you go. So nice. you're no longer playing lost Ark. Cause I was like, is this man just not sleeping? He's just lost arcing it <laughs> just up. Only like playing get, lost Ark. Like I've never heard him talk about it, but I guess he really likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like lost Ark, but not that much. No. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, boys. Uh, Well, as we always do, before we head into the news, we are going to go into the community's take. And if you are new to the show uh, or just aren't familiar with this particular part, I've been playing. That's okay. Oh, I thought you said, I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you play something else? Of no, course, I've played something else. Play? Have you ever done this show with me? I've played like eight games this week. <laughs> that is, I should have thought about that. You play, <laughs> I was so games. confused. I was like, is this a joke? Let's see. Uh, Hot Wheels Legends, Tales of Graces F, Dark Sec, uh, Dead Space. Hold on. How, how, is, it, is it Hot Wheels Legends or Hot Wheels Unleashed? Unleashed. I don't Sector? know why I said Legends. All right. No, sorry. Um, keep going now. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Okay. Yep, Hot Wheels what else? Unleashed. Hot Wheels Unleashed is fun. Um, Streets of Rage Four, which yep is it's all right. It's fine. It's a it's a good <laughs> game. It's a good game. I don't know yeah. why I was in such a mood for a two D brawler, and then it's fine. 
I love that you asked like Blake and I's opinion and both (laughs) of us are like, yeah, that's not really our genre. So we don't really have much opinion. Yeah. But I I did it. Um, Captain America, Super Soldier. I played um, Dead Space. I played a little bit of I have to do a uh, insanity run. And that game is very hard, actually. (laughs) So. Dead Space One is incredibly hard. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bitch. Um, I want to do Dead Space Two, but that hardcore trophies is really scary, like super scary. <laughs> That's the one where you only get three saves, right? Yeah. Ooh, which it blows me away because then like Wolfenstein Two up that ante, and Wolfenstein Two is not like a bucket list platinum that I'll never get. Because what happened? I liked. They have. A oh, I think you have a single save. No, you don't get the save. <laughs> oh it's permadeath that's right if, if you, you die, die it's done. over yeah yeah and it's on the hardest difficulty of the game <laughs> yeah so yeah um but then yeah tales of that Grace game is, is incredibly fun though it is so. it is i like is it new blood it. no it's new colossus right or new colossus, new colossus? yeah 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 new colossus mm-hmm. Yep, that game's cool. I thought um, that game was incredibly I, and I know that that's a, I'm not really saying this to rile anybody up but as much as I know both of you loved Wolfenstein the Old Blood, me playing it and not really liking it, I was really surprised that Wolfenstein 2 was in, in completely different. Like as soon as I started playing I was like, yes, this feels significantly better. It plays and I think that's part of it is it's designed in a way that feels more modern, whereas the old blood to me, at least at the time that I played it, which was many years after it came out, felt like a dated shooter. That's actually why I liked it. Yeah. It, it, kind, of, it kind of felt a like a late PS2 or, yeah, you, you, whatever it is. Uh, what's the actual name of the game? I don't know. Wolfenstein? Uh, New Order, I think. No. The New Order. That's very Star Wars. Is it not the New Order? I don't know what the subtitle is. It's fine. It's Wolfenstein by Machine Games. Yeah, it's the new order. Yeah. Look at that. I know but, myself. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, that game felt like a late PS2, early PS3 shooter. And it didn't make me hate it. It's just I got about, I, I don't know for sure. If I had to guess, I'd say around <laughs> a third to a halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, the story is nowhere. I don't really care about BJ and the way that the story is trying to play it off. And it just lost me. And then I was more surprised that I liked the story and everything about the new Colossus. So I don't know. It just that felt like a yeah. moment where like the jump between the games was enough to make me be able to stick around. That's fair. and the gameplay was just good enough that it was like, oh yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess I should, since we talked about it on the show, I did play Captain America Super Soldier. Uh, that game's not good. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. But it's not good. So it's mediocre. Yeah. It's a licensed game that came out in 2010 or whatever. It's not great. It's I, I wouldn't I would say don't pay forty dollars for it like I did. And one of our <laughs> Patreon uh, Discord. Guys yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Like you'll enjoy your time, but I was like, oh, this is not X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's certainly not Batman Arkham Asylum, you know? Which is funny because that's the game it's trying to ape. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But like, I, I feel like the dodging doesn't even work properly. I don't know. One day I'll <laughs> send it over to you and you'll experience it. But it will be an um, interesting game. You know what? Just because I feel like I have to redeem myself. For anybody on video, I did do what I told Chris I would do. And I've made a custom Wolverine Origins case for his game to make it pretty. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. So I, I did it. Looks I did great. It. 
Um, but yeah, the, thank you, sir. I, the game I think I'm going to be spending some time <laughs> with next week, or the, the the next week is Tales of Graces F. That game is that game is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, that game's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, dude, not immediately after. Yeah, but after you've had some time away from it, I do think you should buy Zillia and try it out. Oh, I, I think you'll. I think you'll like it. I want to buy it before it gets too much more expensive. It's like already twenty five bucks. Um, Ooh, this game is. This I game need is to hilarious. get a, another copy myself. Yeah, <laughs> Zillia, the one that had the six snow world. Uh, uh, it did have a snow biome. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the one I let you borrow, but I don't yes. remember how much of it you played. I beat it. Okay, I couldn't remember. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in that game. The the weird thing about that game, and it's not that untrue of, of JRPGs in general, but that game to a big T feels like it's got like four different parts where you're like, this has, this has to be the end, but not in a bad way. Like you're like, holy dude, so much is going on. This has got to be the climax. And then it happens. You're like, whoa. And then <laughs> the game just keeps going. And you're like, yeah, what? Yes. Well, that's why I it's, remember saying weird i remember saying that same thing to you about arise where i was like oh i thought this game ended and then i realized i was only like five hours in and this game's probably around 80 hours so i'm definitely not at the end but these games seem to like they're long games but they're not the original ones are not that long i'd say zillia is like 30 to 35 hours maybe in my you know it's not bad at all but but yeah that's the one i'm gonna sink some time into a little different, yeah. Um, I think if I remember correctly, Zillia was the first one that did away with the idea of an overmap. So if I remember, Grace's F still has an overmap where you have to like move around the map. Yeah, I believe with so. it pulled away. I haven't and gotten Zillia. Yeah, it's it's weird because a lot of those games, if I remember correctly, I think Zillia was originally an older game, and we happened to get it in America like far later. And I might be wrong, but I'm gonna go double check it because I just remember thinking that they suddenly started releasing them again. That is correct. It, it nice. came out in September of 2011 and it, in Japan and it came out in August of 2014 like over here. Yeah, 2013. It was it was the last big JRPG that I played before PS4 released and then Guard 3 was the last big PS3 JRPG that I played after PS4 released. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. This is the only game that's ever made me like legitimately laugh out loud, and it was such a dumb joke. Oh. Where, yeah, and, and the characters are so charming. Yeah, well, you have yeah. Sophie or whatever, and there's one scene where she, she's amnesic or whatever, and someone goes, "Stop moving!" And then like the scene goes on, and it's them talking and walking around, and then they all turn around, and she's back, and still in the back, and they're just like, "What are you doing?" And she goes, <laughs> "She said, don't move." <laughs> just started laughing like not even that great of a joke just very very plain joke but i it got me so i like it i'm gonna keep playing it i'm following a walk yeah i'm glad you're like how do you feel about that i hate you (laughs) (laughs) i just want to see the game i loathe you it's it's a different feeling than hate. i just want to see the game uh uh you know focused because i can see i get i get lost playing these games a lot and that's what turns me off so i figured if i just kind of have someone point me in the right direction to get all the stuff i need yeah i think it's fair one of the upsides of zillia not having an overmap is that i don't i feel like you don't get that as much kind of like we were talking about with Mm. elden ring where because there's no bigger world the game kind of just funnels you where you're supposed to go and not in a bad way the game feels open and sprawling but in a way that's also like it's a consecutive 
it's corridor ish, just big enough to convince cool. you that it's not like Final Fantasy 13 hallways. Yeah, absolutely. So, and not, you know, Final Fantasy 13 has its strengths and weaknesses, and that's just one of those things. Um, but you'll get around to it eventually. Anyone who's ever played Zillia will tell you two things. I'm curious to see your your stance on, on Tipo. Okay. Uh, Tipo is a character within the game, and I won't say much more than that because I just want you to eventually. But don't don't look him up. I see I see it in your eyes, Chris. Don't don't look it up. Okay. I won't look don't look Tipo up. Just wait. Be surprised. Um, right. And secondly, I want to hear what sounds you think these monsters are making because i'll tell you right now there's a monster that i don't know what it says but every time that it would attack it sounds like it was saying kevin kevin <laughs> yeah and it's lodged and i haven't played that game since 2013 almost 10 years and i still say that randomly whenever i'm doing stuff my wife will just laugh because she knows what it's from too kevin i like but that. my All new right. thing my new random thing that I hear people say is since tribes of Midgard has the people speaking like Swedish, you know, like, yeah. it's like listening to them say words that I can't understand and just coming up with what I think. So there's one of the, uh, the ones that are in the normal planes. So the, the little witches that float around with the staff and summon enemies. And it sounds like she says, I got boobies. And it makes me laugh every single time. And then all of the characters, like you'll walk up to the blacksmith and it'll sound like he's saying, Hey dude. <laughs> like, hey dude. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> kind of like the uh what's the dude from Frozen who whenever he walks into the shop, he's he's like doing his fingers together and he's he sells the carrots and stuff to Kristoff. I have a kid, so I've seen Frozen too many times. <laughs> I've clearly. never seen Frozen, dude. <laughs> but that's what it kind of reminds me of, the accent that he uses in that. So but yeah quotable games good times i love that yep but looking forward uh, to right. taking the journey so is that it that's all you've played oh dead to rights retribution that game oh also. oh the yeah. the namco game right with the yeah. dogs yep yep okay. it's fine it's I don't, actually I'm, i've never played fine. it but i it's got one of the most memorable game covers i've ever seen it's got it does have a pretty good cover yeah with the doggy Little doggy boy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, it's a good game. It's a good uh I'm not gonna say it's a good game. It's a it's a game that exists. Um it's fine. <laughs> uh but it, it's fun. It has it, it has its moments. It's very like oh, two thousand eight where it's very gray and the guy's Hulk proportions. Oh yeah. So Unreal Engine three, right? Hundred percent, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um one last thing before we move on, Tribes of Midgard. If you're even remotely thinking you might go for Platinum, you're going to have to start playing with us more often because I think I will still play this game after I get to Platinum, but the Platinum is a slow grind, and yeah. I don't want you to feel like you're having to get the Platinum by yourself when we're all working. And like Donovan and I are basically neck and neck on the Platinum. He mm-hmm. actually has one trophy. No, he doesn't. He now I have it, but he beat uh, Gunder before I did, so he oh. had a trophy that I didn't have, and he also has more souls spent in the world than I do, so he'll probably pop that one before me. But I'm, I'm working on it. I'm I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to go for that. That would require me to play my PS5 a lot more than I am, which yeah, is a weird thing true. to say in 2022. But whatever. 
Oh, the funny thing is, is I completely had planned on platinuming Wolverine and doing a guide run through, and he invited me to play that, and it's all I've wanted to play since he's invited <laughs> me to play it. You got to get back to Wolverine, and then you got to play Wanted. Well, I, I will. Now that I have this cool case, I'll just be like, oh, look, it's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> when does Ryan now, Reynolds I, show up? I think I'm. I think I'll get back to it. I'm mm-hmm. actually kind of dreading the final boss fight on the hard difficulty, though, because it was kind of a pain in the ass on the normal difficulty. Yeah, I remember. Good luck. Yeah, I've it's honestly it on the only time the game was hard to me. I agree. I think the only trophy I'm missing on my old account is get all the dog tags. I have like 93 percent of the trophies on that account. It's crazy. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, moving along, uh, we are, of course, going to get to the community stake. And as I was saying, if you want to be part of that, it is essentially a question that we ask at the end of the episode. Uh, and then we remind you guys throughout the week and get answers from you so that the next episode that we do, we bring it up and we get a chance to kind of hear your opinions on what we talked about in the previous episode, as well as maybe uh, expand on what we meant uh, as your opinions or thoughts on the matter come in. And the one for last week was in regards to a question that was posed by Rude Days 93. He said, uh, what is your personal line a game company could cross that would make you stop supporting them? And that's technically not what he said, but that was the gist of what he had typed out and what we talked about last week. And not a lot of people responded to this. Uh, maybe because it was you know Memorial Day weekend and people were busy when it popped up. But we did get some answers. Uh, and I think that some of them are a little surprising. Some of them are not in terms of to me. Because a lot of you guys, I get a feel for. And it's interesting seeing you guys uh, answer in ways that feel either inconsistent with what I feel like you'd answer or sometimes surprising. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and grab the ones off of Facebook since I have the access to those. And we have one of our newer members who I don't think has responded to any of the questions yet. So John Davis, thank you for reach, uh, for uh, coming to the community's take thread on Facebook and giving your opinion. He says, honestly, I go into any situation where if it hasn't affected me personally, then I would still support the product. If you do a deep dive into any corporation, you will find some sort of evil. I have stuck with PlayStation since the beginning and haven't seen a way to veer from uh, seen a way to veer from them so far. And I think that kind of hits at the the point of what I was saying last week in that when it comes to the things I'm spending my money on, I'm I'm kind of selfish in the sense that as long as whatever it is hasn't directly negatively impacted me. I tend not to care. Yep. Strong agree. And I, you know, and doesn't, I mean, the the upside is, is I think that everyone has that same power. Um, and you get to be like, I don't agree with the, this particular move. So I choose not to support them. And I support you in doing that just as much as I would not worry about me not supporting something because they did something that I may or may not agree with, but it doesn't necessarily impact me. I'm going to completely back up you having whatever opinion you have over whatever company because of something personal that you feel like is a line too far for you. You know, I may think it's a bit silly, but I'll support your ability to be like, eh, I don't want to support PlayStation because blah, blah, blah. I can't even think of a crazy reason that I may not agree with, but I'm sure it's out there. (laughs) So... With that said, uh, I I like that answer. I think it's very much in line with myself. And I think what would be surprising to see is that, honestly, I think most people are are this way. That's Mm -hmm. the reality. And I think that people online tend to want to talk and act as if that's not the case. 
But I would say that most people float towards some idea of as long as it doesn't directly impact them, they'll just turn the blind eye because it's convenient and you get to continue liking the thing you like and you're liking it in the privacy of your own house and your own whatever. So like, does it really matter if you're still supporting them because, oh no, I don't want someone to know that I'm supporting this company. (laughs) You know, it's a weird thought process, but people have it. So Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Um, That's completely how I feel about it. I'm not going to drop something that I'm enjoying unless it affects me personally. And yeah. it would, like I said last week, it would really okay. have to affect me. <laughs> yeah, and I get that, right? Like, you know, I saw a lot of people kind of being like, a good example for PlayStation that didn't impact me because I don't play the game, but I could see why anyone who felt like this was like, bruh, whenever Fortnite had the situation where crossplay opened up and our cross-progression opened up, and yet PlayStation wouldn't let you cross-progress, and it would lock your account out if you tried to play on another platform... I could see that being a thing where like, if all you do is play Fortnite all day, every day, and you play it across a, a multitude of platforms, but primarily PlayStation, and then suddenly you go to log on on Switch and you're like, I can't use my account on Switch, or I played on Switch, so now I can't use my account on PlayStation. I could see that being a reason that someone would like really be like, I'm done. This is a ridiculous thing. Um, it just didn't happen to impact me. Saul, do you feel like you agree with that, or do you have your own kind of uh, opinion swinging toward that or away from that. I think the only right way is to agree with that in a weird way because um, it's your, you know, your preference. So if it's negatively affecting me, then I'm way more likely to have an emotional response than if it's not. So yeah, agree. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, in the same vein, uh, one of my friends, uh, he says, Bailey Jordan Leaper, he says, nothing at all, laugh out loud. I don't give a F about that kind of stuff. If the product is something I love, it's going to stay that way. Um, and I will say that that's definitely true as long as they're putting out things that I continue to enjoy. I'll tell you right now, if PlayStation started putting out games that I didn't like near as often, it would be a little easier to be like, meh, you know, but... That's just a, that's a small, it's not even like a line in the sand kind of thing. It's just a, over time, they'll lose the competitive edge they have in my mind where they have banging first party games that I absolutely feel like I need to play, not because of anyone else, but because of my own wants. And so that does benefit them. Is Bailey just Leaper like the guy if, I think it is? Yeah. Nub? Yeah. Little, little arm nub? I wonder, I yeah, wonder I if love he him. remembers me. I hope so. He might. I'd be curious. I was really good friends with his cousin, Brent Leaper. Uh, Yeah. Bailey stayed the night with us over there. We played Little Big Planet on PS3. My man. Classic. Little Big Planet 2 basketball minigame is one of the funniest things I've ever experienced in my life. I've cried laughing because it's that that, that good. Is it better than a way out baseball? It is because because I was genuinely crying and we played it for about seven hours overnight. We we unlocked the level, started playing it, and we just uh-huh. started random matchmaking with people and played it for about seven hours. Me, my buddy Blaze, and Jonathan just rotating between because you could play four players, so we would two on two and rotate one controller out. And oh man. I think that Bomberman Ultra are like those are my two like favorite moments on PlayStation 3 where it's just like community driven because it was all based around online because Bomberman Ultra had this feature where if you had the PlayStation camera for move plugged into your uh, system, then 
it would, if you won, it would show your camera feed to whoever, to everyone else that was playing. <laughs> and the first time it happened, I'm sitting on the couch in my underwear in a hot house <laughs> that didn't have heating or air. And I won and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then it started getting interesting. It was like whatever we could do to try and be ridiculous. Um, I think the, the worst thing we ever did was I mooned someone, which was good times. So sexy yeah uh we had moon wars at my house out in the country where <laughs> moon wars me and all the roommates yeah me and all my roommates that lived out there with us we would find ways to creatively get each other with moons uh so like one night uh i knew that the kid that i that stayed with us that i was taking care of whoa now <laughs> i mean my son as i call him jonathan he would get on the computer every morning before he'd go to school, but I work nights. So I had to be asleep and I knew, okay, he's going to wake up in the morning and immediately get on the computer in the, in the music room at the time. And so I took a picture of me mooning in the mirror and then I edited a, my face and his face into the corners with a score counter and put that I was up plus one. And I set it as the uh, first thing. So as soon as he moved the mouse on the computer, it was right there in his face uh, and the same day when I got off of work and came back in, uh, he had, he was drumming in the music room and he was like, dude, come check this out. And it was great. Cause he had like the kick drum and the snare and everything going. And I thought, I didn't think anything of it cause it sounded like real drumming. And I get in there and he's playing backwards with his ass in the air, hitting the kick and snare and drum all in rhythm. And he got me. It was good times. Incredible stuff. Moon Wars is where it's at. I'm bringing it back, boys. Sounds like a dope Thursday night's about to RPG. have some moon wars. <laughs> moon wars. You played moon wars. Isn't there a game, uh, Rainbow Moon? Isn't that like? Yes, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> never played it, but I remember it's like a tactic style game, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It requires uh, you anyway to play for a hundred hours for a trophy. So, have fun. <laughs> um, do either of you guys have the Twitter up? Because I can let y'all take that over if y'all want. Uh, I can get the Discord one. Go ahead. Yeah, grab I it. have that one instantly up. Uh, Patreon and the originator of the question, Rude Days 93, says he probably wouldn't leave the ecosystem completely, but if something similar to a PSN outage happened again, and then he couldn't play online for a while as a multiplayer centric player, this would definitely have me look at other platforms. I'm fine if an outage lasts a couple of days, like the last one with Xbox, but if it turns into a week of trouble, well, and he posts the gif of the guy who sort of deduces and becoming more and more transparent, disappearing. You know, the thing about this is I feel like he was kind of nice. He says if it turns into a week of trouble, for anyone who doesn't remember, it is the PSN outages, outage was, was just shy of a month. It felt like months. Yeah. And it was wild because at first Netflix was tied to the PSN. And so if you weren't signed into the PSN, you couldn't watch Netflix. And I don't know if Netflix patched it or what, but somehow, some way I could, they eventually like three or four days in, I could watch Netflix again without having to be signed into the PlayStation network. Um, but that was a rough time. And it was also the death knell for some games like SOCOM 4 was not a hated game. It didn't get rave reviews, 
But it's a game that literally launched in like three or so days. It may have been a little bit longer, but basically right when it should have been hitting its real stride with online multiplayer, the PSN went down for an entire month. And that is, that's rough times at Ridgemont High. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> concur. Uh, so yeah, I think that was pretty nice of you, but I think that's fair. Um, weirdly enough, I don't think PlayStation really lost that many people at that moment as I would have expected now that I'm older and understand the impact. You know, back then I was 19, something like that. It's been a while. No, hold on. It was, it was 2011. So it was when I graduated, I was, I was 18. Um, and I was still in school, so I was technically 17. But that was a, it was a weird time. And I think looking at it now and thinking about credit card information and all the stuff that I didn't have on my account, I could see that being a, a pretty big yeah. final straw for people. I mean, they did everything they could with, I don't know if you remember, they offered everybody uh, debt, like uh, essentially debt protection and like, um, not debt protection, but what do they call it? Uh, essentially, cybernetic security protection. where, yeah, it was like fraud protection for like a, a year or two. And so for certain people, they like worked with their banks to iron everything out and deal with any issues that were had. They brought back, whenever they brought back, they gave games away. I mean, I feel like they handled that mm-hmm. about as well as anyone could have. And uh, I think the weird thing of it is that it probably had to happen somewhere. For someone to be like, we can't let that happen. And PlayStation just had to be the one that took one for the team. <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm talking about taking one for the team. I bought SOCOM 4 on release. Yeah, you took one for the <laughs> team, all right, because that game was dead. When, when the game, when the services Service came back came up, back, yeah. no one was playing that game. Because it was nope. like, well, that game has been dead and forgotten. And it was I'll tell good. you, I was fiending... I was fiending for Killzone 3 the entire time that it was down. I was like, I just want to play Killzone 3 online. Why are you doing this to me? While it was up, Uh, you were playing a single-player, non-multiplayer game. Or non-online game. Yep. That's typical. It's okay. I played plenty of of single-player games throughout that that month-long exodus, (laughs) as I will call it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go and grab the ones off of Twitter real quick, and we'll get this thing wrapped out. Um, Gideon Avita Island over on Twitter, he said he's at Gideon on gaming. He says, hey, you know mine, censorship. And I do know that. Uh, and I agree with him in the sense that I think censorship is important. But I will say that I clearly do not feel as strongly as him about it because I still play PlayStation, despite the fact that I am consistently disappointed with how they handle censorship. Um, it just goes to show you how strong of a connection they can get with certain people to where even when you disagree, you still feel like, eh, you know, but I understand it. It's a reason. Those titties didn't need to be there. I guess I want to play infamous. They they didn't, they didn't need to be there. Right. I don't need to see the face get cut off. But Hey, listen, the creator of that wanted you to see titties and he wanted you to see a face get cut off. It's true. And at the end of the day, I kind whatever. of want what the what the creators wanted for me, you whatever know. Never gets your you going. I also just think it's an incredibly dumb move 
and it's weird because I say that incredibly dumb, but really it's, it's, it rides the side of both, right? For people who hate that kind of stuff in gaming, they'll, they might buy into PlayStation because they feel like they're being protected and won't see things that are too outside of their comfort zone. But for people who want things that are pushed and push the boundaries, they're more likely to go to Nintendo PC or Xbox. So it's like they're losing, they're potentially losing customers on one hand, but then the other hand, they're, potentially gaining customers who are like, thank God, I don't want to see boobies when I'm just trying to play Japanese beach ball. (laughs) I do. That's the whole point. I I do. Y'all remember that Dead or Alive extreme beach ball on Xbox? That was the first time I ever saw 3D titties bouncing around besides Dead or Alive on Dreamcast. But they were covered, far more covered. I for sure remember. (laughs) I remember them physics, baby physics uh anyway uh we also have no fate he says i find my current gaming sessions dipping i've stopped playing uh paying subs and even stopped playing online including free to play if i play a game now it's very single player based with very little chance of being nickel and dimed i feel like the industry is shooting itself in the foot so I guess what he's trying to say there is that if anything ever went too microtransaction focused and he felt like he didn't have a route to play the single player focused games that he wants, that might be a line in the sand for him. Um, and he also mentions in response to Gideon's talk about censorship uh, that he definitely finds himself avoiding certain games on PS as I feel like I'm missing out on something. And I think that's a fair uh, standpoint. So even if you don't lose business as a whole, you may lose business that you could have gotten on handfuls of games that they feel like, oh, other platforms may be a better home for this. But alas, uh, unless you guys want to wrap anything else up on that, that is the end of our community stake section. Thank you all. Thank you all. So, of course, we're going to move into the news. But like I said, if you want to be part of the community's take, uh, we encourage you to do so. We normally get a little more answers than that, but uh, that's okay. But thank you to everyone who did answer. Uh, and if you want to be part of that in the future, you can find us on Twitter at triangle SQRD and on Monday, normally I post it. I may move that up to Sunday to give it a little more time, but we post the question yet again for you to have something to easily respond to on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at triangle squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a group. And if you ask to be entered, same thing happens over there. We'll let you in and you'll see a weekly thread that goes up that you can respond to, or you can be part of our discord and go straight into the description of this podcast episode, or if you're watching on YouTube in the description there, click a link that shows our Discord and be added in, and you can be part of the Communities Take subsection of our Discord, as well as be part of the podcast open discussion or general discussion where everyone talks about a little bit of everything. But to go ahead and get going on the news, first thing up is that, once again, July's PlayStation Plus lineup has been leaked. God of War 2018, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Naruto Boruto Shinobi Strikers seem to be the games. And I would tell you at this point, the PS Plus leaks have been so consistent that I don't doubt when I see any of them because I feel like the last four months have been leaked correctly. So do with that information what you will. Um, Some people are looking at this, and I kind of can see where they're coming. Some people are looking at this and the fact that also God of War Ragnarok appeared to get raided in Korea uh, or somewhere in the Asian territories. Korea. That God of War being on here is a good sign of Sony gearing up to start marketing for a 2022 release of of Ragnarok. Uh, 
and I've said that before, they don't always do it, but Sony does tend to put out the previous version of a game, if it's sold well enough by their opinion, in order to go ahead and get that out for free to hopefully get more people up day one by the second game, or at least get people to play it again and drum up hype. Um, so I would do you would you agree, Chris? Do you think that that's a this is a potentially good sign that Ragnarok is coming this year? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we got a uh, release date pretty soon. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it would be very funny. Uh, well, we haven't talked about it yet, so I'll I'll hold that. But I have a theory we might get that the release date this week. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Right. I see where that's going. Yes, I think I see where that's going, but I'll wait and see. Uh, None Saul, of you can you see the reasoning. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> I actually agree with Chris. Okay, very Sounds similar good. thoughts. Chris, we can finally play Nickelodeon All Star Brawl after we talked it up forever. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm very like, happy I'm disappointed in myself from two games. I talked up and still continue, even though I haven't played it. I talk up the Hot Wheels game all the time. True, and I think it looks amazing, and I think it looked amazing, and. Thankfully, you've been playing, and it sounds like it is amazing. It is. So, um, but is between amazing. that and Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, I feel like we talked both of those games up, and then neither of us touched them. And I feel <laughs> bad about that because I intended to, and uh, life just got in the way. I feel like but Nickelodeon Chris, nothing was else, more of like kind of a joke <laughs> between us on the show. It was, it was to a degree, but it was also genuine curiosity if the yeah. game could be good. Yeah, we both definitely wanted to play it, but it was definitely more of a joke that we were so into it. Yeah, it wasn't like hype, my game of like my most excited game of the year, but I thought that the marketing for it was really interesting. It's kind of how I feel about uh, uh, metaverses or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Um, The DC game. I don't really know that like me personally. uh, Yeah, what did I say? DC. Oh, yeah. Sorry. WB as a whole, yes. Um, I don't know that I'm like incredibly hyped about it personally, but I think it's an interesting game, and the way that they've been marketing it has been interesting enough to keep going. So we'll see about that. Um, maybe one day we'll play it. Who knows? It's free to play, Strikers, so. I probably won't play it. It is free to play. Yeah. I mean, I'll own it. So at that point, why not? <laughs> oh, I was talking about you know what's versus, weird? but... Oh, metaverses. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Nickelodeon, though, I don't know if it would face the same problems because I don't know how its backing was. But any time that licensed games happen, I'm really glad when they hit PS Plus because it gives everyone who's actively in PS Plus a chance to get that game and own it digitally for when it inevitably loses the license and gets pulled from the store. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like when Activision was g- losing the license for Amazing Spider-Man 2, they should have just been like, it's the PS Plus game for the month. Get one more chunk of cash out of it by the time before it goes because PlayStation will pay them however much up front to be like, hey, let me put that on PS Plus. And then you get a chance to get everyone out there to redeem it and it be theirs. And that would have uh, that'd have been a pretty cool setup. That would have been cool. You're right. But, oh, well. I guess that's uh, the price we pay. Uh, the <laughs> next thing up, one of the worst kept secrets in gaming. Respawn and EA have finally revealed that the sequel to 2019's Jedi Fallen Order is indeed titled Jedi Survivor, and it's coming in 2023. Also, it is planned, according to the director, to have a much darker tone than the first game, which I think kind of fits when you think about the ending of the first game. 
Uh, by the way, Chris, I saw that you downloaded and installed the game. I did. I have two, actually. Look at that. I'm giving it Everyone's going to play it. <laughs> yeah. I hope that you enjoy it this time. And Chris, I don't, I, I don't think that you've played it at all, but if you have, then I hope you enjoy it this time. <laughs> I did play it. Uh, not too much, but I, I have played it. It's good. Okay. I like it. Uh, the other bit of information that's important here is that much like Gotham Knights, this game will be skipping last generation hardware and will only be on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles. Um, and of course, uh, PC. So I think that's a great move too. I think that the teaser looks great. Um, you know, it, you didn't get to see a whole lot, but you could see enough to kind of tease you and make you a little excited if that's what gets your jimmies wet. Um, you guys uh, buy the theory that Cal Kestis is going to appear in Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan I do. Kenobi? Yeah. I do. Why not? Be pretty sick. If you really want these things to be like, and if I remember right, they said that Star Wars Jedi is canon. So there's no reason they shouldn't. Yeah, they is. No reason the, they couldn't. The show and the and Survivor take place ten years after uh, the third one, whichever one that is. Third, sick. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? The third yeah. prequel movie. Yeah, it, it takes place after Revenge well, of the Sith. Yeah, actually, actually, I think Jedi Fallen Order takes place five years, and then yeah, but Survivor one takes place takes ten place. years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's like five, and then five years after Fallen Order is Obi Wan. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Either way, I hope that it works out. I mean, I saw the uh, one of the new actresses they're seeing the final sisters that are part of the Inquisitors. Um, yeah. And I thought that was cool because you know you get to see you get to see some of that in uh, Fallen Order. So, in general, I like them showing it off that way. So we'll see how that ends up working out. For Chris, for someone who says they hate Star Wars, it is interesting that you immediately talked about, like, yeah, I downloaded a Star Wars game. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> movies true. are bad. The universe is cool. Everything the universe that doesn't is have cool, to do with the movie. Even if I don't agree cool. with you. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars has one good movie. There Which is? is one. And it? It's Empire. Rogue One. Empire? Okay. Uh, Rogue One. Have you seen Rogue One? Actually, Rogue One is pretty good. But okay. Rogue One's awesome. Rogue One's my second. The Star favorite. Wars mainline sixology or tenology has one good movie, and it's Empire. And Empire is one of the best movies of all time. But all the rest of them suck. So you're hey, saying Empire it only has a fantastic movie. I'm not down talking, but it's not Revenge of the Sith. So you're you're objective. So you're saying it only has one good movie. <laughs> yes, I am. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's oh. fine. That's a, I don't know what that means. You're little you're breaking force my heart. ghosts or whatever. <laughs> no, it's not a force ghost. No. Oh. It's an Obi-Wan quote. Okay. From he the dies best Star Wars at movie. At some point. I, I see it once, but it's a great movie. I do not. Yeah, just move on to the before I get amazing. myself in more trouble. No, you just, <laughs> just, more just rewatch them all. See how you feel if you watch oh, them all. No chance I'm doing that again. <laughs> I watch Empire, but I'm not watching I'm not watching the freaking teddy bear movie again. No chance. Teddy Bear movie. Oh, uh, talking about Return uh, of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, talking about the the, the little Civil War on Civil War, but the little war on Indoor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you're a big fan of books, read the Darth Bane trilogy. Even though they're not canon anymore. All right. So Saul just recommended Darth Bane, uh, part of the extended universe that is no longer canon. They take the destruction as the first book. Cut it. Yeah, I'm sure. Good books, like, I wouldn't be surprised all the if all the extended universe stuff was pretty good, but you know. Oh, it's, from what from all the stuff I've Ooh. read, it is. 
including I believe the public. <laughs> That's the old public at school. Here's the other thing, too. I'm going to be honest. Even most bad Star Wars games, as long as they nail combat with a lightsaber, it's kind of like, it's a, at bare minimum, you're going to have a fun time for a while. Well, you know, thing. Star Wars is sword fighting, and sword fighting is cool. But doesn't like, matter how you, yeah, how you frame it. <laughs> yeah, like if everything else around the sword fighting is boring, like okay, all right. See, that's the problem I have with Fallen know, Order. Man. Is like the worlds are beautiful, and then you got to one specific world where it was like doo doo butter trying to navigate through it, and then it was like <laughs> it just is yeah. like a big circle. It, it is the most frustrating thing. In the world, and I'm hoping that if I get past that on this one, I already know how this game ends, so I'm not playing it for the story. The story is pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, very easy to understand story, but it's the gameplay and the world design and the world building because Cal Kestis is a cool character. Mm-hmm. I also like yeah. the actor who's portraying Cal Kestis. Yeah, he's yeah, cool. he's a great actor. I don't mm-hmm. know. I I will say I do respect Star Wars for being able to put Nazi Germany and the Christian Bible together and somehow make it a incredibly popular franchise. I think that's really cool. The that's Christian Bible. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Jedi's uh how about Darth Vader falling from the angels and becoming <laughs> the biggest devil ever? <laughs> Straight up like Genesis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always thought the same. I don't guess I've ever put those two together until now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't be wrong. It, it Really, the thing about the, the Jedi is it borrows from so many religions, but even the idea of the immaculate birth of, of Anakin yep. being essentially paramount to Jesus. I mean, that's it's I get it. I mean, like I've always thought that it's it's a balance between a couple. Clearly, it's got like shamanic monk roots with the way that the Jedi operate. For but sure. is it really that different than the disciples when you think about this round court in the in the prequel trilogy when you mm-hmm. see the entire court of Jedi's talking and discussing amongst themselves with everybody basically looking up to Yoda as the the head of them all? It's yeah. it's really interesting. The and that uh, and and if yeah, and if you think about it, the the Jedi Council, who we're going to say is somewhat uh, relatable to the apostles, uh, ultimately end up letting the Messiah-like figure down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know it's it's interesting. Yep, yep. It's Star Wars just for cool. them. I don't know. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I I see people who are like Star Wars isn't that cold. I'm like, you can perfectly have that opinion, and I don't care. But I just think from a sheer concept level, Star Wars is cool. Now, whether well, you think the execution's good, that's a reasonable discussion to be had. But well, conceptually, Star Wars is incredibly cool. But that's what I've always said is like Star Wars Eclipse, even though that game doesn't exist and is vaporware. The, the trailer they showed looked sick. Was high. Like everything high. around yeah. Star Wars looks sick, except for the nine movies they made titled Star Wars. <laughs> everything else is really cool. Rogue One, great movie. The rest of them, Empire, <laughs> great movie. <laughs> Two of the movies in this franchise are the same movie. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, like, that's, that's not entirely wrong either. Thankfully, that wasn't off the back of George Lucas, though. For anyone who has their feelings about the prequels, the one thing I'll say is that there was a concerted effort to not just remake the same three movies again. I appreciate that he went in and was like, these need to be different. The prequels, despite how good or bad they are, at least have a through line and were planned out. They do. They do. 
Yeah, they were the uh, they were the classic Marvel. Yeah, they didn't plan <laughs> one movie and then make a sequel that ignored the one movie and then make a sequel that canceled the that other movie the so that they movie. could go back to the old movie but did not finish <laughs> what they started. We will finish what we start. Like, oh my god. Anyway, dude, I've I've never seen a I've never seen an IP that has so much potential be so mishandled other than star wars with disney mm-hmm. at the same time it still made absolute bonkers at the box office so it's like it doesn't even matter like doesn't disney matter. was vindicated that it they could do everything they wanted to and they were still going to make money and the sad reality is is that it doesn't even a star wars game as long as it's made at a triple a level probably doesn't even have to be good and it's going to sell ridiculously well disney star wars and thq nordic are the same thing um let's move on <laughs> All right, next thing <laughs> that's coming up is going to be a couple of quick fire ones. Assassin's Creed Origins is getting a 60 frames per second next gen patch for both PS5 and Xbox Series consoles on the 2nd of June. Uh, so if you are wanting to go back and play that and play it more smoothly, there you go. Uh, ask and you shall receive. I'm actually glad they're doing that because I would that's have thought neat. that a game that old wouldn't have had that treatment. And if I'm not mistaken, Origins is part of the uh, Ubisoft classics that are part of the middle tier of PS Plus and up. So if you want to, whenever the new service launches, you can play it without June 13th paying anymore. So in the US, there you are. Yep. So it's I not did, far off from there. I, we don't have to talk about this for too long, but I found it interesting. Some guy spent 800 hours and beat all Assassin's Creed games in a row without taking damage. Anyway. My Pretty God. Neat. I don't understand why you do that to yourself. Like, why that game? But okay. It's pretty cool. Okay. Great accomplishment. Uh, next thing up, the Destroy All Humans 2 remake is happening and coming. And it is called Let's Destroy go. All Humans 2 Reprobed, which is yeah. <laughs> fitting. Uh, speaking of THQ Nordic, it is coming out on the 30th of August, uh, of course, this year, and will be priced at the same $39.99 that uh, the last remake was priced at, which I think is a good realm. And I think that the last remake looked awesome. So, I mean, I think that THQ has really got a good handle on remaking games while keeping them the core of what they were. Mm-hmm. Feel free to try and it. And what makes people it. love them. I should. I, I. It's weird. I never played Destroy All Humans one on PS2. I played Destroy All Humans two. Yeah. And so it's gonna be funny. Watch me play Destroy All Humans two remake before <laughs> playing one. Not yeah. Before playing one. But you know that's that is what it is. So there's a trailer for that if you want to check that out. Looks good. If you like the last remake, same people, same style, everything. Don't be too surprised. Uh, next thing up in the news, a Killzone VR was rumored to be in development at Supermassive Games. And if you want to kind of have a reasoning as behind why that was viewed at, back in 2017, 2018, Supermassive were talking about having multiple PlayStation exclusives in the work. Uh, And if you remember, they put out a game for PlayStation... Oh my God, what was it called, Chris? What was the PlayStation subset that let you use your phone and have multiple people play using phones as controllers and it had like a, a buzz style game that people could play and answer into. I yeah, genuinely can't um, remember. Someone, something lies, right? Hidden, oh, hidden agenda, hidden agenda. Well, That's hidden agenda was. was one of the games that supported that. Uh, and that was the super massive game. But what was that actual 
platform within Sony called. That's what I'm trying to remember. Hold on. Playlink. That's what it was called. Got it was it. a game that you you could play using Playlink. Everyone in the room could download the app for that individual Playlink game onto their phone from the store and then play and help vote towards making decisions and whatnot. Um, anyway, they made that with Sony. Uh, they made The Inpatient, if I remember if it was called, yep. um, which was also a PSVR title. And they made a game that for the life of me, I can't remember the name of right now either, but it was a shooter game for Until the... Until Dawn Festival of Blood. Well, they did do that too, actually, but they made another one um, that was like a SOCOM-style shooter um, for VR. I don't know. I'm going to look Fire it up Watch? real quick because it's going to... Bravo Team. Oh. Both both the Inpatient and Bravo Team were, team were 2018 VR releases. And so the thought process here is that there's a, a YouTube channel that put it out, uh, PSVR without parole. They were talking about a Killzone VR game being in development at Supermassive Games. And that was back in 2018. And that Sony apparently came in because they were not happy with the progress of the development and moved it back internally. And that means that there could still be a PSVR kill zone in works or that it has become a PSVR 2 launch title that one of their internal studios is working on. But at this point, it's essentially a rumor. Uh, I think it has fairly good backing. I don't think kills. I think Sony sees reason that they can use Killzone for non AAA mainline games, but rather PSVR titles uh, and be able to use their legacy IP and put new games out for not as much money. So that's pretty cool. I like that idea. I hope it happens because playing Killzone 3 entirely with the Move Sharpshooter controller was amazing, and I would love to experience that again with PSVR 2 and a game mm-hmm. designed from the ground up to be actually able to move my head around the headspace. So there we have you, that. Uh, more uh, interested in the uh, SOCOM PSVR or the rumored uh, Call of Duty PSVR? Probably SOCOM because in my mind it's going to play more like Firewall Zero Hour, which was one of the most fun games I've played in VR and sadly is currently stranded on PSVR. My hope is that when PSVR 2 comes, they patch that game to be supported on PSVR 2 with all the improvements from PSVR 2. Didn't I read and that if they, they do, uh, you should they definitely support play support of that game? That game's support is not they, ended? Like this week? They might have. I thought I read that or heard it on a They podcast. might have. It was an awesome game, but they very well might have. Let me see what, if there's any news for it. No, 10th season goes live today as of one week ago. Yeah, but maybe I think it's that's the last it. season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I oh, think this- our final, yeah, our final planned season. So Firewall Zero Hours 10th season goes live today. There you go. That's another piece of news. Um, and it is their final planned season for Firewall Zero Hour. Uh, they say just because no additional seasons are currently in the works does not mean the end is near. You'll still be able to enjoy the game for PSVR um, beyond this season's wrap. Good. Dude, that game is amazing. I mean it. It's so fun. I just wish that it wasn't strapped to PSVR. I get it because it's an exclusive and it's a great reason to want to use PSVR. 
But if this game got support for PSVR 2, at least out of the gate, no additional support, just a patch to work with PSVR 2 and with the new headset at an increased resolution, I would have bukus of fun. (laughs) It's also a good example of the move controller, the move aim shooter in perfect use. It feels amazing with it. But what were you going to say? I said, obviously, we'll see more in a couple weeks or a couple days. But are you going to get a PSVR 2 even though you have an Oculus? 100%. Yeah. Because Oculus 2, the main reason is, uh, to be fair, they've got to show me more and I want to see it. But the Oculus 2, even plugged into a single cable, is exactly what I want PSVR to be. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be a higher quality. So really for me, being able to get the Oculus 2 freedom in the sense of... uh, not being weighed down by a camera tracking or sensors that you have to mount in corners of your room tracking is amazing. Being able to track inside out to where it knows what you're doing based off of where the headset is in relation to everything else and the controllers being part of that uh, and feeling so natural in your hands and all of that just being cranked to 11 is exactly what I want out of VR and being tied to a console that can make sure the games are being played at a high enough power because like, when you're using the Oculus by itself, like Chris, you played uh, Resident Evil, correct? I did, yeah. Okay, that game is a good example of being on the headset without the computer and still feeling cool. But Skyrim VR, which is one of the best VR experiences I've had uh, on PC, not not the PSVR version, that one's terrible. But Skyrim VR on PC using the Oculus in link mode is amazing. And that freedom that comes from a game that can be pushed that's that size and scope is exactly what I want. So, yeah, 100%. If they give me some of the games for PSVR were amazing, and I would love to play them again in PSVR 2. Moss is a great game. Moss 2, I'm sure, is a great game. But I'm going to play them on PSVR 2, not on PSVR 1. And I'm going to have that freedom of inside-out tracking at a higher resolution and with a higher field of view than even the Oculus 2 has. Uh, So... That's where I'm at. I want one incredibly badly because Oculus Quest 2 has shown me what PSVR can be. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's like... I think I'm going to pick it up even though I didn't have a ton of fun with uh, VR1, but I I like VR1. VR1 was just too weighed down by the tech they chose to employ, and I get it. It was they. They took a shot in the dark on using old tech to do something in a new market. New market, but well, part of better. the problem is they didn't. Uh, it was it didn't work perfectly well for me, so that kind of killed it. Tracking is terrible. That was the problem with a lot yeah. of things. Camera like, tracking is really inconsistent, and you'll get drift where you're like the game appears like it's moving away from where you are and you have to like snap your head back in place to get it to start tracking right again. It's just like, it felt like half the time you're playing with it, you're fighting with it to get it to work as intended. I would agree. Yeah. So as much as I love PSVR, it is not anything of uh, big value to me uh, at this particular point, but PSVR two will be because it's everything that I think PSVR should have been out of the gate, which is far more cutting edge. So we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping that that's something to do this week, though. Some of the rumors are saying that that's going to be a September thing, right? I mean, it's a PSVR 2 state of play. Did they confirm that? Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. Sorry. Party. I, I, 
third party stuff. I heard PSVR them say too. that there would be something about PSVR 2, but I didn't know if it was going to be much more than that. I'm not saying it's like the so. PSVR 2 blowout, but it's PSVR 2 games. <clears throat> okay. No, I mean, hey, I'm excited to see what they have to show. Uh, but moving on, speaking of PSVR 2, I guess one of the things we can throw out there is that uh, basically as soon as we recorded the next morning for last episode, <laughs> Sony just decided to bunch, like dump a bunch of news. Um, yeah. And therefore, a bunch of stuff came up. Uh, so some of it was this idea of the, what they're calling the road to profitable transformation. And they're showing their current sales and how they want them to eventually start going and what they're already like now versus what they were. They're showing engagement and engagement for PS5 is way higher than the engagement for PS4 was. Um they're talking about their sell-through demand uh, for PS5 versus the same essential period for PS4 and how much higher the PS5s is. Um, there's an entire slide dedicated to unprecedented China demand, which is <laughs> so lovely. So, so lovely. Uh, there is talk of the attachment rate. So gameplay attached percent for PS5 is 94%, uh, which is pretty, good. pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some other stuff too. Monthly gameplay hours are significantly higher on a per player basis uh, for PS5. So they're showing that their games are not only having higher demand, but they're being played longer. There's talk about what they want to do in terms of PC. And there's a big talk about basically wanting to go plat- multi-platform, kind of like we talked about last week and what that means for them. And PC seems to be a big thing for them. We got to see numbers on PC games. So Horizon Zero Dawn, let me see if I can go find that slide. But Horizon Zero Dawn had sold a ridiculous um, amount for PC. It's like another million yeah. copies. Yeah, it was it was millions uh, in that range. So here we are. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on PC sold 2.398 million copies. Um Days Gone sold 852,000 units and God of War sold 971,000 units as of March 2022. Um, and they are talking about wanting to see that grow exponentially. Also, those numbers for Horizon, if you do not think Horizon Forbidden West will be on PC within the next year, I, I hate to tell you, they have every reason right now to throw Horizon on a PC as quickly as they can without anybody complaining that they bought a PS5 to play exclusives, not games they could play on another system. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I feel about what's going on. Uh, they talked about wanting to grow their mobile strategy, and they basically were talking about leveraging partnerships with people so they can use their IP to make mobile games that are successful. So one of the sides says, co-development of top IP with industry leaders. Um, their next thing is establishing network of internal studios and projects to be able to put out their own mobile titles. And then their last one's building world-class centralized publishing teams and tools so that they can essentially supersede how fast they get these things out. Um, not supersede, but you know what I mean. Supercharge how fast they get these things out. Uh, they want to diversify their platform. Uh, if you look at it right now, they're showing that their release by platform for fiscal year of 2019 was pretty much entirely PS4 with a little bit of PC with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's release. Uh, 2022, we have a very small chunk of mobile 
a very, you know, a decent chunk of PC releases and then mostly cross-gen games with a little bit of, well, pretty much an equal mix of cross-gen and next-gen only titles. But that by the time in 2025, they want to completely phase out cross-gen games. They want to significantly ramp up PC and significantly ramp up their mobile. So all this to say, Sony's essentially doing exactly what we kind of wondered last weekend, looking at ways to diversify their income by essentially becoming as multi-platform as possible. They didn't necessarily talk about ways that they want to see that happening, but some of the things that have come and through little leaks is like Sony's apparently working on a PlayStation launcher for PC, which makes sense. And it's something that Saul and I even talked about a long time ago. When you have cross-gen games and you want people to play with other people they have, one of the big benefits, uh, or not cross-gen, I'm sorry, but cross-platform, I guess, uh, releases like Xbox does with PC and Xbox it's great that the Xbox launcher exists so that when we want to party up, we can get into a party on the Xbox app on PC just by sending it and having it talk directly with the app for Xbox on the console um, for parties. And that's an incredibly useful feature. And if Sony's wanting to have it to where they have trophy support for these PC releases, which I think that they absolutely should do. I don't think that they do right now. Like if you play God of War on PC, I don't, don't think you get trophies. Because I beat Days Gone again on PC. No trophies. Now, I'm sure you get Steam achievements, right? Yeah. If you bought on Steam. But I see no reason why Sony shouldn't have it to where even if you buy on Steam, you can launch the game using the PlayStation thing and it pulls up an overlay that's linked to your PlayStation network account. Kind of like how when you play Ubisoft games on Steam, it opens up the Ubisoft launcher Mm -hmm. and Origin games pop up EA and you go through all that. And I think that that could be a good way to have it to where if they're wanting to have such business on all these platforms, the phone has already got a PlayStation app. You know, it's already got party support where you can use the phone to party chat with people who are on console. PC does not have that. Yeah. I don't know. I think the second part makes sense of them doing some kind of integrations so that you can get trophies, but I don't think it makes any sense for them to do a launcher. I don't think it makes any sense. People no. hate launchers. Why do you say that? Just, I, just because I want to know your... And even then, if I want to say launcher, I want to make sure... I don't actually know if launcher was the word used, but essentially Sony wants some kind of PlayStation app on PC that will let you integrate. But I have, an, I have a feeling it'll be a lot like the Game Pass Xbox app where if you have PS Plus, then you can stream those games through that launcher, much like Xbox's Game Pass launcher, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You can essentially call it a launcher because that's what it is. I just don't think it makes any sense. They're invested in Epic, so they they already have a launcher. It's the Epic Game Store. They're already on Steam, and the PC community so, yeah, hates so launchers. Maybe, they hate them. So there is absolutely no yeah, reason maybe to do the answer. One. <laughs> yeah, maybe the answer is to just double down into your... Um, your investment into Epic and make it to where the Epic Game Store launcher is part and parcel with PS Emulator. But here's the problem. Then you risk all the potential that you have for a PC market by making people who are diehard Steam fans not want to play the games at all because they can't buy them on Steam. Like Even Microsoft had to concede that they had to stop putting games out through Windows Store only and had to start releasing Steam versions of every game on PC. Yeah, but because still releasing nobody Steam wanted 
They, yeah, they, they, of course yeah. they are. So uh, I don't think that's if, if Sony away. was going to double down and make it to where the PlayStation integration was into the Epic Store, I don't know why they would be like, but you can still buy the games on Steam because then how are those games taking part of that integration? Cool, but I can you know take my entire Epic library and put it in my Steam library. I'm pretty if you sure. Want to. Yeah. Like it's, it, it launches the Epic one, but I don't know. I don't think another launcher at times when like the Bethesda launcher closed, like all these launchers are closing and people are just, there are people who won't even open the Epic game store app to get free games because they hate launchers so much. I just don't think it makes sense. Like invest in Epic, make an app that, that you can sync those things to. But I think that, and then they're talk. They talk in the slides about their integration with Discord. So there's your party. There's your party chat right there. Like I, yeah, my, no, my, I, mean, I hope that that's how it works. My hope and my prayer is that when they officially launch this stuff, the PlayStation Party, all the stuff on 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 the console goes away, and it's just a little Discord app. That that would be perfect. That that's my dream because I think that the PlayStation Party system is currently really stupid. Sucks. It was so much better on PS4. I don't know why they changed it. Yeah, I don't know why they did either. But you know, I'm gonna go the extra mile and say that if both Xbox and everyone did that, then cross cross play games become a lot easier to handle. Because right now, if we're playing Destiny Two and two people are playing on Xbox and two people are playing on PC, PS5 and then two people are playing on PC, all six of us have to use Discord. On or all four of us, the console people have to use Discord on a separate platform, and the PC people are the only people that benefit from having Discord built onto the platform they're playing on. And that's how it has to work. There's no other way to do it. And it's incredibly annoying to have to have my phone or my laptop beside me with my headphone plugged into because then I can't hear the game because I'm trying to make sure I can hear my party or I have to do like I did when me, you and Sean did the, uh, the raid <laughs> with them and have one earbud plugged into my controller underneath my overhead headphones that are plugged into my computer so that I could hear both parties. Yeah. I hate do you remember that? that? It was <laughs> a do. nightmare. It was a nightmare. And um, all these people can make it easier by just admitting that their own party chats suck. <laughs> And just yeah. use Discord. Just use Because <laughs> Discord's Discord. wonderful. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I do hope that that eventually is something that we see Sony for sure do uh, as part of their, hey, we want to be so involved in PC that we make it easy for everyone who's on PC to party chat with PlayStation without having to download an extra thing that you're not going to use. Do it straight through Discord. But then that still runs into the problem of how do trophies come into play? You know, this is a weird idea, but you, do you remember how Xbox was talking about having games that have extra processing power and part of the games that go through from the cloud? Mm-hmm. It would yeah, be really interesting if <clears throat> PlayStation had it to where anytime you launch into their game, their their game has a built-in cloud thing that reaches out as long as you're online and tells it to connect to the PlayStation network. And essentially, you get a PlayStation 5 UI that overlays onto all games that's built into the game as a cloud-launched part. And as long as you're connected to the cloud, it'll sync trophies. Pop You can pop trophies anyway, but it'll sync them and everything once you connect if you haven't. I think the best way to do it is to turn the PS Now app they currently have on PC into the PS Premium app. And then like God of War is going to. to be in that Premium app. So allow me to download. Yeah. That. See, that's 
that's kind of where I'm at because it is feel it feels weird to see them having slides that say they want to grow PC and do all this. And yet right now with PS now, they have essentially cut off a large section of with, with the new PS plus because they haven't announced anything yet. PS now used to be a viable thing on place to on PC. It will not be now. Mm-hmm. It's true. As soon as PS now folds into PS plus in less than a month, we're done on PC. You have zero way to do it. So, I have to imagine that what they're going to do is announce a PS premium app or a PS app that have for premium users where they can stream from it. Yep. I agree. Or if the, if a PC version releases, they can download it just like game pass lets you do. We'll see. I don't know. You know, I saw a a couple of things. One of the things that was actually answered on there and I don't think I grabbed it. It's technically community's take answer. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sorry that I didn't even think about seeing it. I don't know if he put it beforehand or what it was, but it was Jason Clendenning and he was talking about the thing that would make him give up. And I think it may be an open discussion. Um, he was saying that the thing that would make him move away is if Sony ever went basically fully PC. <laughs> and I don't think he means in the sense that they only, but that, that, that they are PC and PS4 or PC and PS5. I, I think he means like if they completely abandoned consoles, but I can't say for sure. Uh, but it's just a, it's an interesting take on, how do you guys feel about this PC integration? I think Saul and I are probably, and I think all three of us are probably completely fine with the idea of things going to PC on the P, on the PS side. Right? Yep. Yeah, I, I can't be bothered to care. Good. Exactly. Make more money with <laughs> more games. That's kind of where I'm at too, but I will say it's, it's not like a complete holdout for me, but there is a part of me that understands the idea, much like you and I, Chris, have said many of times to Blake in discussions, that I do think that Sony does have somewhat of, uh, of the onus on them so that they are releasing games on PS5 first and then waiting at least some amount of time before they go to PC and unless, like we talked about, I think we all conceded that multi-platform, uh, or sorry, um, live, live service games are an exception to that rule. But for the single-player games that Sony's known for, at least you and I, Chris, I know that we've talked about uh, talked to Blake that there's a there's a responsibility from Sony on the way they've sold the platform to make sure that they are getting these games out on that platform and letting them be a premium experience only on that platform for a little while before they take off because that's how they sold the system. Right. Early days, they were like, we're PlayStation. We believe in generations. We don't, they basically said all the things that made Xbox look bad to the big Sony fans at the time. And then they've mostly just followed suit to Xbox once the system came out. Um, and I, I still agree that that's kind of where they're at. Saul, do you think that you agree with that at all, or do you really care? Do you think that even first-party story-driven games could be day and date as far as you're concerned? Um, for those that don't care about PC and want to play console, I think that it, I don't care. Because I think that at that point, like they're still going to sell PlayStations. Like, by, yeah. in droves. Even if they go to PC day and day, I think. Because... Like we've talked about before, there are people who don't want to play on PC. There are people who don't like PC. So, 
I would think it still would. Maybe not. I, I don't know if I agree with day and date, though. I think like give it a year just to keep up competition from exclusivity. Yeah, I just think it's, I don't know. Is it a Ace and Sony sleeve that they have true exclusives? Mm. Or is it an Ace and Microsoft sleeve that they have exclusives that also hit PC day one? It's both, or are they both Aces it's in the both sleeves just parts. in different ways? Yeah. So like that that's that's why like literally having Games Pass Ultimate, being able to have the flex like flexibility of being able to play Sea of Thieves on my computer with y'all and then downloading uh uh Playtale for free in my living room. Would not have played Playtale yeah, if it wasn't console. for Games Pass. Yeah. So Yeah. It's it's that's the kind of magical thing there, and then of course when you have games like uh, on my PS5, I have Days Gone installed, um, The Last of Us Two that I still need to get around to. Um, that's actually it because I still have Warzone installed on my Royale space, but just having these <laughs> exclusives yeah. is the big plus. Yeah, I could see. The, the worry about PC for people who are longtime people. But it does feel like it's more of a, a fear of changing what you've always known. And I think it's less of a fear about other people getting to enjoy the exclusives the same day as you. And I think it's more of the fear that comes from change and that when a company like PlayStation does a change like this, I think the worry becomes that is this change a signifier of a change in strategy and ideology around the studio that will lead to the games not necessarily suffering but taking on those same types of changes that happened with this top-down leadership change in that the you eventually the 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 dislike of it comes from the fear that one day sony won't even be making the games that you've always enjoyed on their platform because they focus too much on becoming something else by becoming multi-platform and, and part of multi-platform is engagement from multiplayer. And I think that that's really where it comes from. I, I think most people are like, as long as the game stayed the exact same and still came to PlayStation, even if they did hit day and date on PC, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I think it's that fear that that change is indicative of a bigger, more scary change. That's that PlayStation may be being a different company than what they've come to love. Sure. I do think that, <clears throat> PlayStation's a different company, though, from the PS2 era to now. Like, when you really think about their exclusives like from what they were on PS2 every era. Every generation, yeah, every generation, they've really made quite a big change. You know, PS1, they didn't own any of their IP. Uh, they did a lot of partnerships with Spyro and Crash and lost out on owning those characters because of those partnerships. So in PS2, they were like, never mind. Every time that we make a game when partner with a studio, we're going to say that we own that IP. And that's where Sony always owning the IP came from whenever they agree to publish the game, basically. Uh, and then the PS3, you saw Bravado get to them before they had to be humbled. And then that humbleness shown through. PS4 was not as humble but knowing that they had their own strengths and that PS5 seems to be them pivoting away from console strengths and more about everything together. So they're all different companies, just like Xbox has been essentially different from every generation as well. Yeah, so it's weird. Hard to predict. 
Yeah. We'll see. Um, Chris, what did you mean by Jim Ryan says stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I just, that was his presentation. So that was just my way of telling you what the link was. Okay. Oh, I do think it's funny. Uh, if you look at this slide, it's number uh, 10. It's talking about the Sony group as a whole, PS5, Bravia, all that kind of stuff. And there's this yes. little one. It's showing all the movies, all the TV shows and stuff. And then in the corner, <laughs> it looks like they cast Jaden Smith as Miles Morales in a movie. <laughs> oh, no. It threw me Hold off on. so hard. Did you see it? I'm looking at, oh, I clicked on something on accident, but I'm looking at it. I'm going to go find it real quick. Um, speaking of which, one of the, some of the news that we did not cover um, is, you said it's nine? Yeah, or ten. It's ten. Well, I wish he would number these things. Because he labeled some and not all of them. <laughs> or it's nine and then the next one after nine. Oh, boy. The importance of group collaboration. Transformative Sony did, group collaboration. Yeah, I did see it earlier. I just don't remember how far <laughs> down it is. Um, so one of the things that came here is an announcement of a... God of War series on Amazon. Yep. And a Horizon Zero Dawn series on Netflix. And that what was it, think? correct? Uh, Gran Turismo movie um, with Neil Blomkamp. That's right. A, a Gran Turismo Apple series, correct? I don't know. No, I don't. It's a movie. I don't know if it's for Apple. I don't hold think on. so. But hold on. Hold on. Is if it God a, of War that's Apple? No, God or of War. Is it, I thought God of Amazon. That's what I thought. The only thing I've heard about Amazon is that they're or about Apple is they're looking to buy EA. That's all I've heard about Apple. Yeah, I mean that's not that crazy actually. No. Uh, here we go. Video games, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, and Gran Turismo to be adapted to series. Um and says Horizon, early development at Netflix. Gran Turismo, based on Sony's successful uh, racing game franchise, is in early development, but is yet to find a distributor. Mm-hmm. And God of War, it doesn't actually say. <laughs> What's me, interesting? You. Um, Thank you. I know it's I know it's Amazon though, because I remember thinking, oh, that's cool, because I felt like Amazon is a good home for it, because God of War is going to need to be kind of brutal, and the boys has shown that Amazon isn't afraid to be a little brutal. Speaking yeah, of which, that new season with, comes out in a week. Yeah, it does. My problem with Amazon is that uh, the Wheel of Time looks so clean that I don't want to see them make God of War. Give that. They should just. Oh yeah, make all no, their I get stuff what you're with God with HBO. Like that's they should just give it all to HBO. But I'll also say the boys shows that they can do things in a non-clean way. They just have to be smart about who they get to produce it. The other thing is, is that all that's happening is that. They're, they've already been uh, they've already been basically going, but now they're saying that like Amazon acquired the show. Netflix yeah. is early developing. They're not the ones necessarily making the TV shows. Kind of like God of I mean, uh, if you if you think about it, like they are and they aren't. A lot of these things were already moving parts and had producer and production companies tied to them, and they've just found somebody who's going to bankroll it. That's typically how that works. Right, degree, so they're making know? the show. <laughs> Yeah, they're paying for everything, but I guess what I mean by that is 
not every time, right? It depends on what it is. Sometimes Netflix themselves are actually saying like, from us, we're going to start ground up and, and, and make this particular show all with our own people. And then sometimes they do like the, well, this movie's a Netflix exclusive, but the movie was literally complete and we just bought it after it was all done. Well, yeah, but you that's... You know, like, yeah, I those just, two I sides are a little for different. For sure. I just don't think this is that same scenario because they're buying it from zero. But I get yeah, what I mean, you're, where you're coming from. If like if, well, if the if the show was done already and then they bought it and put it exclusively on Amazon, then I you would, I would be a little less. From, yeah. yeah. Well, what this actually said is Sony confirmed that it's God of War series. It, they said they can they announced it back in March and it's been acquired by Amazon uh, Amazon Prime. Now, whether or not that means that anything moved on it, that any casting happened on it, who the hell knows? I don't. Who are you casting <laughs> for Kratos? Man, I go back and forth. <laughs> Constantly. Whenever I was young, I all I, I, you've seen Saul too, correct? Salt. Saul. Saul too. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, I've, I've seen. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, do you know the big buff guy? He's like mixed looking. I don't actually know. He may be like Dominican. I don't. I have zero clue. But he's like a. Yeah, I know who you're talking. In between, about. I don't know how to describe that. The cop skin tone who goes through the whole thing. No, uh, he's like the really brutal dude. He's jacked and he ends up cutting the own number off of the back of his neck so that he can get the combination after he kills everyone else. Oh, yes, he pushes yes, a girl yes, into the, in the heroin dude, needle thing. Yeah. Yes. That dude, to me, when I first saw that movie, I was like, that dude could play Kratos to me. Like he's, yeah. he's jacked. He's aggressive. He has the right tone and attitude for it. And I, I hung on to that for a while, but here's the problem. What are they doing with the God of War series? Do you think it's going to be based off of the original God of War, or do you think it's going to be based off of this more modern version that blew up and everyone loves? I'm tending to think it's probably going to be of the latter. I, I have a feeling that if they're doing the show, it's probably going to start in Norse mythology and completely ignore Greek mythology. It may mention Greek mythology, See, but they're not going to film Greek mythology. I, I wish they would. I think what they're going to do is TV start at the be ending of God of War 3. Dude, if the show is Kratos navigating from the Greek world <laughs> to the Norse world and meeting Faye, that would be sick. That's what I, I hope. But um, I mean, physically, the, the right thing. answer the, to the, that the finale, question is The Rock, right? No. I didn't no. say actor-wise. I said physically the right person to play the role is The Rock. No. I no. don't. You know there, I don't think he's are, a very good actor. Or is it there Vin are Diesel? other jacked actors? Is it Vin Diesel? <laughs> is it Vin Diesel? I don't know which one's worse. Family. <laughs> is it The Rock I mean, standing on Vin Diesel's shoulders? With I guess it would be with the a Kratos way, suit over him. Short. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're two that's men true. in a Kratos suit. Well, you can't buy a movie ticket. Batista. <laughs> I mean, I could see Dave Batista. Yeah. All right, hear me out. I pitched this for The Last of Us. So I'm going to pitch it again. Oh no, Bill Hader <laughs> as who? Bill Hader as for Kratos? Kratos? As yeah. who? Did I face out of the Bill conversation? Hader no, he's Kratos. I heard you. I'm choosing to ignore it. I'm right, Bill. Kratos. He should have played Joel, but he's going to play Kratos. So I'm trying to think of who would be a good fit because I, I'm trying to think of like the you, guy you're who right, played. You bring up an interesting conversation in that The Rock does have the physical look. Far In terms of mega. muscle sculpting, uh, you're talking about the uh, actor who played Voss? He can get ribs. 
Yeah. Well, then so could Bill Hader. And then I'm right there. <laughs> but here's here's the other yeah. Here's the other side of that. Oh, you know what? This is bold, but hear me All out. All right. Okay. Han Solo. Harrison Jason Momoa. Yeah. Jason Momoa no, shaving I, I like his head bald. I like it. I would I would watch that movie. Think about his think about his Aquaman beard. This is a cast from it's 2007. It's not that far off. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is like a casting from 2007. A fever dream, if you will. Okay. Henry Cavill. <laughs> I'm going to smack you. I would watch it. All ben right. Affleck. It's Ben Affleck. Look. <laughs> there you go. There we go. So, here's, here's the weird thing about that. Do you think that they would try the really low-hanging fruit of getting Chris Hemsworth to essentially bounce from Thor directly to being in another Norse-based show as Kratos? Nah. <laughs> It's going to sound really bad, but Chris Hemsworth is far too white. Kratos is pale. Kratos he is, is Greek. Pale. Yes, but he is pale in the, right. because he wears the ashes of his family if on you his skin. Think My man is that is they pale. are not going to That's do the problem with Jason multiple Momoa. scenes of Kratos not as Kratos. You're wrong. They're 100% going to have flashbacks to him killing his family, so they need to have... Then maybe the Jason right. Momoa is a good fit. I think Jason Momoa is the best person that we have spoken about in this entire conversation. I got it. Hold on. Hear me out. Hugh Jackman, because he's tall. Like 15 years ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I would watch this, this movie with like Sylvester Stallone as Kratos. Like as... Oh... What if know. it's what if they don't do what either of us are talking about with this movie and it just goes to like old old Kratos and it's him? Oh, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I have I have an answer, okay. a, a serious answer. How, I can't ever think of his last name. What was the actor that they were going to originally have? He's in the Zack Snyder's Justice League as. Uh, oh, um, I know who you're talking Deathstroke. about the, the porn star, J- Joe Joe Manganiello. Oh, actually, Maggio. No, no, no. He, he's he's Brad and How I Met Your Mother, but that doesn't mean anything to you, Saul. I just don't know what else he's in. He he's a tall dude. He's like six four, six five. So he's he's good and bulking, like you would want Kratos to be. He's got to be a, a physically towering man to some degree, and he's ripped. Magellanio? Did you? Maybe uh, he's in the. I think he was in part of the Liquid Death commercials for a while, Liquid, or something. But Liquid Death has commercials. I thought they did. Uh, Joe in How I Met Your... Is that a character's name? No, no. His name is Brad. It is, it is Manginelio or whatever you oh, say his okay. name. Hey, hey it's, the, it's the original actor for Flash in Spider-Man 1 uh, with Tobey Maguire. He looks like Bruce Campbell. Joe Mangiello. You said the name right. Yeah. Okay. I don't him. know how to actually pronounce it. Yeah, I've never yeah, heard anyone it, right? pronounce it. That, yeah. Okay. That's stroke. He's a, oh, yeah. he's a ball. He's a big buff dude. Yeah. If you think about the way he looks, like when he's actually bulked out and he has his shirt and stuff off, and he has the right skin tone that if you want to show him be Greek, he he's dark enough. And then when you need him to be light, you just smack him down with some makeup or you desaturate his skin. Can they just get post. one of the two? Chris Judge. I mean, you could. But this is the same thing of couldn't Chris, you're muted. But um same problem as couldn't they have just cast uh of course my my brain dies right now, but our go to person for Nathan Drake 
There's oh, fits Fillion. that seem obvious. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. There's fits that seem obvious, but this is a blockbuster thing that they're putting tons of money in. There's a region. There's a reason that Pedro Pascal is Joel and not Bill Hader. Anyone else? Yeah, and not literally a multitude of other well, people that are honestly be fair, better fit. Chris Judge and does I, have good hey, acting slot chops. He he does, but he's not. He doesn't put butts in seats. And this isn't a movie theater movie, but he put he doesn't necessarily put eyeballs on screen either. You, do you, you get what I'm saying? Like you have a little bit more because like I'll give you this: The Boys was a, a phenomenon, and none of those actors were really that known prior to that show. So they can definitely pull it off. The dude who but played, I still think that they would have an eye towards a slightly bigger, you know, draw star power. Christopher Judge is also very small. Not very small, but too small. What? what do you, the whole reason they put Christopher Judge in the game instead of TC Carson is because he physically is much closer to Kratos' build. I, and they wanted to be able to mocap with him. That's literally the reason that they stayed. I was going to say the last I, time I, he was on stage, stage was that boy was kind of big. I don't know. I'm just looking at pictures of him and I don't, I wouldn't see it. But Do you I remember don't. seeing him at the Game Awards whenever uh, him and. Um, the kid, I can't think of his name right now, but the kid who plays Atreus, um, Tom came Cruise. out and they did the little skit where he's like, "Open it, boy," you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of him. Like, I understand. Tom, My man's bulky. It just doesn't. He's, look. he's a big dude. Tom Cruise. I right, find you've got it. me, Terry Crews. <laughs> actually, Terry Crews is actually the, probably a good Idris Elba. Also, I would watch that movie too. <laughs> like, I, yeah, not bad. What's I the guy Jason they call Momoa the mountain? The best pick. Yeah, uh, Jason. That dude's Jason that Momoa is like big. literally my nah, one. No. Also, I is he a good actor? Because I've never, you know, I didn't get too far in the game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, I like Jason. I mean, the mountain. Well, actually, actually, Jason Momoa is in Game of Thrones. I don't think the mountain Jason says a single word, so I don't know that we can really gauge <laughs> okay. him off that show. <laughs> you watch Kratos yeah, to stand fair. there menacingly. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. <laughs> I don't know. I think J- I think Jason Momoa is a is a is a really good fit. The Rock, as much as I hate to admit it, is somebody who might. But his acting chops are not there. He could not pull off a character as stoic as Kratos. Sure I just don't see it. I think he could. I no, don't think he'd this be, is, you know what he was trying Sergeant to do. Hobbs. He'd be trying to pull out. No, Hobbs is just the Rock. That's the problem. Yeah. At least we can get Andrew. Have you, here's a look. Let me tell you a movie I love from The Rock. You ever seen the movie The Rundown? No. Yeah, it has. Um... It has Christopher Walken Christopher and the dude Walken. who plays Stifler. Yeah, and Eric. Uh, oh, 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 Sean Michael Scott. No. Yeah, whatever. It's close to that. <laughs> Sean Michael Scott. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sean William Scott. <laughs> Sean William Scott. <laughs> Sean William Scott. That's close. Um, but you, yeah, look, in that movie, he is still The Rock. He's a little bit more of a badass. He has his moments, but he's still. He doesn't have the stoic nature in him, in my opinion. It just does not work. <laughs> I don't know. I think. We don't have to talk too much more about this, but I think voice, body, the right answer is Vin Diesel. Anyway, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I hate Vin Diesel, and I say that. Hey, Vin, Vin Diesel is not a bad choice. I'm, he, I'm, I'm actually agreeing with you there. He can do he, the, he can bulk oh up. Boy. Like, that, that's Listen, how he delivers his lines. Yeah. Like, he's gargling yeah, you're not wrong. toothpaste. Yeah, you're not wrong. Now, <laughs> Aloy, do you think they'll get the actual model? Because she's not really an actress. No, they need <laughs> but, to get the chick from Game of Thrones. But I don't think the Horizon who? series will have anything to do with it. Arya? No, her name's no, Egret. Her, uh, Egret. 
Who is this? Uh, I'll, I'll send, I can't remember her name. Yeah, post a picture on our Discord. It's she's sp- exactly spot on. So hot! Oh my god, she's married to oh, uh, Rose Leslie. Is apparently the actress's yes, name. That's who. It, that's who it is. She's married to uh, the guy who plays Jon Snow in her life, Kit yeah. something. Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington. My girl's got some wide set eyes in this picture I just looked at. That's not, I mean, that's just a, an observation. That's it. But yeah, I definitely see what I'm talking about. Definitely with her hair pulled back. Yeah, that picture That picture right. he posted is literally out of Game of Thrones. Right? I have, I'm having trouble to tell if this is transfixed onto, onto like Aloy somehow or if this is actually from Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure it's just from Game of Thrones. Definitely gives Aloy vibes. I'll give you all that. You've got it figured out. Oh, that Spider-Man Miles Morales thing is because that Get Ready song or whatever from the game was written by Jaden Smith. You're also muted again. (laughs) It's next to Uncharted and The Last of Us. It looks like a movie. So it just looks like Jaden Smith is playing Miles. (laughs) I also like how... You're not wrong. Isn't that picture of The Last of Us the one that got leaked? That's the only picture we no. have. That's that's like that's there's a, like three pictures, right? No, that was an official. Is that it? was actually one screenshot one they put out there. Yeah. Well, there's like three that. Yeah, are, you're right. It's like the only one. When's that coming out? Didn't they just finish up, finish up principal, or are they still filming? No, didn't uh, they just cast someone the, like a week ago? Or am I making not that, that up? I saw? But they definitely that. cast. They cast somebody not that. They they cast Sam, not that long ago. Surprisingly. Uh, for them to have been filming already for as long as they say they have. So uh, who knows? But last question I have for you guys, because someone uh, on Facebook is like, what, how do you even make a Gran Turismo show? And I was like, I don't think I didn't realize it was a movie to be fair at the yeah. time. Whenever I saw the thing, I thought it was a show. And I was like, if it's going to be like that, it's probably going to be like a top gear style show where it's just for the love of cars. And it's just people like it's the creator of, of Gran Turismo just getting up on stage with other people that are coming through and they're just having fun with cars and talking about them. Dude, top gear is such a massive success that if, they could tap into even 20% of Top Gear stuff as a Gran Turismo show. They'd make some bank. Yeah. Um, it, it would be incredible if they did a Top Gear show just called Gran Turismo and it was Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> if they got the, the three original hosts back, yes, that would be that would be insanity. Which I don't know why they don't do. Like, here's... Hey, here. they, they 100% could. Oh, absolutely. The, the reality is, is they want the only reason they even left is because they didn't get freedom whenever they switched over. They they were like, ah, we don't feel like having to fight the stuff. Well, didn't they, they fire Clarkson? It wasn't that I the think whole so. thing. Like Clarkson got fired, and, and then the, the other two kind of like, just okay, left. Bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, Great solidarity. Show. You're talking about ride or dies. That's oh, amazing. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, then they just got an Amazon show. That's the same show, and then do it again. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Give Grand Turismo to Hulu, and then they'll do a. Grand Turismo show. Who knows? I think it could definitely work out. Top Gear is fun too. I would totally watch a Grand Turismo show. Throw that out there. Uh, but all right, I think that uh, the last stuff that we have here is really just uh, we have a state of play that's coming up, as Chris has mentioned. It's going to be just under 30 minutes. It's talking about third-party games and PSVR 2. I didn't realize it was PSVR 2 games. I thought it was like a short little cap of PSVR 2 section, like maybe a sizzle reel and a little bit of confirmation of certain things. But uh, we do have that coming up. And 
all these leaks are going around online about what it is. And I got to tell you guys, I don't know why anyone would believe that this would be the venue in the way that Sony would show off Resident Evil 4, why they would show off God of War Ragnarok. Dude, if they were showing off Ragnarok, they would tell you, first of all. You would know. If it was happening in a state of play, they would tell you. If it's happening at a PlayStation showcase, they wouldn't tell you. That is the difference. Why people keep looking at place at um, state of plays and expecting them to be not state of plays will yeah. forever perplex me. Sony has given zero reason to ever expect PlayStation showcase level announcements out of a state of play, and yet people still yell at the top of their lungs. They use distinct ones unlike nintendo who uses their branding across everything sony says state of play is for smaller refresh announcements and and deep dives into a single games showcases for everything chris you you clearly have an opinion somewhere in there so what is it oh um no i completely agree on resident evil 4 i think the only way they would announce it here is if it was a a release coming this year uh, no, like maybe. if Resident Evil 4 remake a, was out in like October, I could see it being announced here. Um, I still don't see it being announced here, though. I think that if Sony was going to do something, it'd be bigger. Or Capcom would just go off and partner with Sony in some other way and, and put it with yeah. it. But, but I mean, you know what I think we will see hmm. if this is PSVR two VR. focused, Resident Evil eight VR support, and probably a Resident Evil four VR port from uh, oculus maybe not though because i think facebook paid for that port like literally paid for the development so that yeah, might probably happen. but um my theory and i don't know that i believe it's true but it would be a total troll and, and absolutely hilarious my hope is that because it's a vr that's uh, a third party in vr show that the show ends with how they're integrating vr into god of war ragnarok and that's when they show the date <laughs> Is they announce the VR support and it's like God of War 11, 11, 22 or whatever they do. That would be hilarious. I think I've, I think I've brought it up on the show before, but yeah. God of War 2 was actually the first ever VR uh, prototype that they had working all the way back when they were using the, the eye toy. I'm sorry, the move, it was Move. They had a, a version of God of War 2 running on PS3, and they moved it to first person and had it set up to where the Move camera could track. Uh, head, they had controllers strapped to the side of like a head barrier so they could track your head, and yeah. they had programmed it to where you could hold the, the blades. And that was the first ever VR thing that they did to show Sony as a part of research and development. I don't think Hell it's yeah. that crazy. That they would find some way to either make a bespoke God of War PS5, uh, PSVR 2 game, or the much more likely scenario that PlayStation's going to have it to where all of their first party games, once PSVR 2 comes out, has a PSVR 2 support somehow, some way. But I, will, I think it makes more sense to have bespoke separate games that are built from the ground up with it. But it takes more resources to do that when you could just try and shove it in and say, hey, Here's the support for this. But I don't know because we've seen somebody do that in PS3, right? They they basically force developers, not really, but they strongly incentivize developers to make their games have move support. And I don't really think that that was always for the better. Killzone 3 it was, but not always consistently. So I don't know. Um, anyway, as part of that... Uh, 
they have ended up giving it a new Summer Games Fest iconography in the top uh, that indicate that Sony could have some more surprises up their sleeve than usual. Uh, or Chris says here, does this fuel a theory that Sony's still going to hold their own bespoke showcase in the near future? Of which there are some rumors that a September showcase that is a PlayStation showcase is uh, in the works do with that information what you will. Uh, but it seems like with this being E3 time period and us just getting a state of play instead of a Sony showcase, a PlayStation showcase, I think that leads cre- lends credence to the fact that there is going to be a showcase at some separate time. Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I feel like Summer, summer Games Fest is like a way to kind of put some stuff out there that you don't necessarily want to put in a showcase. Like the stray release date. Or something like that. Yeah. Oh, and I definitely think we'll see Stray, which I'm, I'm excited hope. for. I, that July or June 19th release date leaked, and I'm so excited. I want to play that game so much. It looks awesome. What if it's not even June 19? What if it's just a shadow drop? The game I would, release as a I would, state of play. I would going leave on? work. Like, sorry, I got to go. My <laughs> my cat is sick and needs my help. <laughs> my cat needs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. a stray. I just got him off the street, and now he's my best friend. <laughs> Saul, do you uh what do you think? Do you think that this is something bigger? Uh or do you think Sony's probably gonna have a an actual showcase that's more like what Nintendo usually does around this time? I don't uh, know about for an actual their, uh, showcase. I do think we're gonna get PSVR two stuff here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm curious as to how much. Um I think a date would be cool. I mean, they did talk about wanting to have 1.5 to 2 million uh, units ready at launch and that it's a late 2022, early 2023 looking like they're wanting them to be ready for. So I'm curious what the actual release date will be. Uh, Part of me hopes it's 2022 because right now we don't have a lot at the end of the year. Just quick. I'd like to read something because we keep talking saying maybe they'll show VR. We'll have exciting reveals from our third-party oh, partners. Yes, yeah, it will. We get several games in development for PSVR 2. I just want to be clear. Yes, they are showing PSVR right. 2 there. <laughs> yeah, but I guess kind of where I'm curious on there is the distinction between are they just showing games for PSVR 2 or while showing the games, are they using the showcasing of the games as a means to further show off some of the actual psvr2 tech and stuff like are they going to be like here's the game but also this is how the game showcases foveated rendering this is how this game chooses to use the vibration motor the haptic motors in the headset this is how this controller you know like are, is it just going to be like showcasing strictly the games or are they going to try and interweave that with talk about what the psvr2 is on a more mechanical level you do you, you get what i'm saying yeah i don't i don't think there's enough time for that because there's a 30 minute at 30 minutes i don't think so either. you have to imagine at least 15 minutes as third-party partners so that are strictly non-psvr related yeah. yeah i think i agree but i would be curious because i think you could cram if you were smart about it you could essentially say here's five games for the psvr2 that are all different and all of them use different strengths of the new psvr tech and all we're going to do is highlight one piece of tech per trailer and if they find a clever way to do it you can showcase the tech without having to distract from the game necessarily you know what i mean yeah absolutely but i just remains to be seen if that's actually what it'll be but i think they gotta just 
if they especially if it's launching this year or early next year they gotta tell people what games they're getting and jim ryan and that whole thing we went through was talking about there's i guess 20 launch games they gotta start showing them i don't i think they'll have a showcase i wouldn't be surprised if they did a thing where they had a showcase of games and then they had a vr showcase the same day or the same week you know what i mean and then that's sure i guarantee you I guarantee you that of those 20 some odd games, which sounds like a great launch, right? I guarantee you some of it's just games that are getting like, I guarantee you Moss 2, Moss Book 2 will be, here's the PSVR 2 version of it. That's way better. Like I said, Resident Evil 8 will get PSVR support and that'll be how they show that off. Um, And we'll probably get a couple of games that just get support or a PSVR 2 port that are essentially PSVR games. And I'm cool with that. But I would be really surprised if it's twenty brand new games that are that we've never seen before. It would be sick, and I'm cool with that. And hopefully, one of those is Killzone VR. <laughs> but if I'm being honest, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do they really want to do? Do they really want to show off Killzone VR when they're doing Horizon VR at the same time? Do they? In their mind, is there any kind of overlap there? Are people going to look at both of them as Gorilla, or do they have completely different marketing like markets? Could they do both? I think they could do both at the same time. Yeah, I don't really think it takes away. It's two different types of games. Yeah, I think as everyone knows that first-person shooters are a beloved, you know, staple uh, genre, I think it makes sense to launch with a good first-person shooter. Absolutely. Day one. Do you think that SOCOM game is going to be able to be played without VR? Or Killzone game? Man, I don't know. I I doubt it. But... I don't know, man. Sony's crazy. It's hard to try and judge them off of things that they did before. Because, you know, the people who were making Killzone, Mercenary, uh, and they were literally named Gorilla Cambridge, um, got completely shuttered after they made their first and only VR title. And I don't know, man. I don't want some developer to get PSVR given or get Killzone given to them and then go under because a Killzone VR game doesn't do the millions that Sony apparently thinks it's supposed to do. So this is a Halo game. You know? I mean, if I'm being honest, I like Killzone way more than Halo. Yeah, <laughs> but I hate I talked about that in the in the the podcast discussion chat. I don't know what the obsession was for a long time of this is the Halo killer. Do you remember that game with the nectar haze? That Ubisoft put out, and you, it was a PS3 exclusive first-person shooter where you were a super soldier because you would take nectar, which was made from like uh, pollen, and it would inject up into you, and it would like give you super senses and stuff. And it was a PS3 game, and they called it the Halo Killer, and that game nice. bombed so nice. hard. I never played it, but yeah, yikes. What's crazy is I actually think the concept sounds cool. I just think the execution was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> like if you told me right now, if I if that game had never existed and you were like, okay, think of this way. A, a super soldier group with these dudes who are wearing like yellow, cool beehive looking sci-fi helmets and it injects uh, pollen into them and the pollen is like a special type of pollen that gives them super abilities. I'd be like, that sounds like Dune mixed with Halo. That sounds cool as shit. It does sound cool. But, I'll play it. Yeah. Problem is, you got to deliver on the cool concept. That's <laughs> so, exactly it. <laughs> but, I would play a right, uh, remastered the last, remake. 
Dude, honestly, if, if Ubisoft is like, look, guys, we really dropped the ball on Hayes. We're going to reboot Hayes. I would be in. if As long as what they showed looked promising. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. I, I'd be in. I would be. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Summer Games Fest, they've announced that there are over 30 participating companies. The full list can be found on Twitter. But of course, notable participants are the likes of 2K, Atlas, Sony, Microsoft, EA, Epic, Square Enix, uh, plenty more. Very likely some THQ Nordic around there um, just because they have so many games. Embracer Group probably as well. Um, do you guys... Uh, Want to round that out with any guesses as to things we might see across this Summer Games Fest spectrum? Or do you kind of want to roll off and just see what actually comes as the week starts to roll by? Give me Final Fantasy Pixel remakes. I I know I won't play them, but I want to buy them. That's all I care care about right now, honestly. Yeah. Do you... Have y'all heard, and this is kind of a weird thing, and it might be true. Have y'all heard the rumor that Forspoken might get delayed again if Final Fantasy 16 is ready to release this year? I hope so, because I don't want to play Forspoken, but I do want to play Final Fantasy 16. Agreed. So, so I kind of understand the reasoning behind the rumor, even if it's not true. I could see why someone would come up with it in their head of Square knows that Final Fantasy 16 is a bigger market force. And that if it releases in the same year as Forspoken, it will inevitably make Forspoken perform worse. So it would give Forspoken more time in the oven so they could be as good as possible for their first new IP while they would still have a huge title in the way of Final Fantasy 16 to do their books the way that they need, you know, to, to hit their numbers that they're trying to hit. I could see that being exactly what happens. Uh, but at the same time, I don't really know what it's founded in, you know. But the uh, producer Yoshi P did say that Final Fantasy 16 is in final polishing states stages, so it's entirely possible. And since Forspoken did not come out in April, like if you told me that Forspoken came out in April and Final Fantasy 16 came out in uh, November or October, I could believe that Square would do that. But if you're telling me that Forspoken is going to come out in October and then Final Fantasy 16 is going to come out in November. Not happening. That no. would completely cannibalize Forspoken. Yeah. So I mean, they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna pull EA. So I do think if they do that, they're gonna delay Forspoken, and maybe they should. Maybe that game needs more time. And I, like I said, sixteen is the one I want to play. I'm not gonna play Forspoken at launch. So uh, they can wait. Yeah, my argument is that anytime you're doing a new IP, if you have a reason as to how you can justify delaying the game so that it gets more time in the oven. I seldom is that a bad thing. Yeah. Because, you know, the problem with new IP is that you want them to be able to thrive so that you immediately want to make a franchise out of them. But if you don't give it enough time and you rush it out, you're setting the stage for it to fail. And then you've wasted time trying to set up a new IP. You're scaring yourself away from future investment in new IP, all because you wanted to half-ass it and not give the thing enough time. Right. Just release And I know that eventually you have that shit or get off the pot mentality where it's like, well, you still have to eventually release it. But if you have a reason and a justifiable way to go, look, we can give the game five more months, four more months and let final fantasy 16 do the job for this year, make our money, get everybody hyped on square. And then if everyone loves 16 and is hyped on it, maybe that hype will translate over to Forspoken because people are high on square Enix being like, look, they actually delivered. Maybe they're going to deliver again with Forspoken. You can use that momentum. It's kind of like I talked about with Sonic Frontiers, which I know we didn't end up really talking about in this episode yet, but I think Sonic Frontiers being this 3D Sonic game right now when Sonic has so much goodwill because of the movies, 
it would be such a waste for them to actually put out a bad Sonic 3D game right now. This is the time to capitalize on that potential, this hype that you have around the, the, the possibilities that you have all around this yeah. franchise. If you drop the ball right now, no one is ever going to trust you again. They're just going to be like, <laughs> you, you couldn't, when the, when the moment came, you've been preparing all this time, and when the moment came, you just flopped it. I would even argue that if the Sonic 3D game is a flop, it has the potential to somewhat hurt some of the goodwill from the second movie, and it might make people lose interest in the third movie. Though I would, not much, because the movie is is amazing. But can, Sonic um, 2 is a great movie. Can I admit something to you about Sonic the movie? Yes. I, uh, I fell asleep in the beginning of that movie, and I woke up in the last 10 minutes, and I don't think I missed a single thing. <laughs> Oh, you talking about Sonic 2? Yeah. I watched it on Paramount. It was good. But yeah, I don't... I liked what I saw. Like, it was really fun. But I just... I was exhausted and fell asleep. But I, I don't think I missed anything. <laughs> like, I've been holding that in for a while. And so I, I could actually watched, watch it. Uh, no, you're cool. I thought you watched Sonic 2 in theaters. Am I, I did. Am I confusing which one? No, 100%. I did. And I fell asleep. And I've been holding that secret in. the theater. In. Yeah, oh yeah, in the theater. <laughs> Pass out immediately. I've been holding that in until I could watch it. I watched it on Paramount Plus yesterday. I'm like, okay, this was a good movie. I didn't totally BS, but I was like, I liked what I saw. Good movie. You should watch it. But didn't miss anything the whole time. That's rough. Yeah. This is a nice nap. Saul, you haven't watched Sonic 2 yet, have you? No, not yet. You shouldn't. Mm. I'll be curious. Hey, look here. Here's all you watch Sonic Two, and I'll watch Obi One. There you go. <laughs> and we'll and we'll we'll chat. We'll have a nice Sonic Star Wars inspired chat. I like that. Uh, I guess to wrap it up because we we happen to be talking about Sonic. If you haven't check out the Sonic Frontiers teaser they put out, it's about thirty seconds of gameplay for the game. And I don't know if anybody who's been listening for a while remembers, but I talked about how how cool I thought it would be if they found a way. Because that initial teaser they put out when they first announced the game last year gave me vibes of like, they're going to do something big in open world. And even watching it today, Chris said it gives Death Stranding vibes, which I agree. Like the world gives Death Stranding vibes. And I agree because I feel like Death Stranding gives me Shadow of the Colossus vibes. And when I watch this, I'm like, this looks like Shadow of the Colossus. It's like a, a world that looks like it's overgrown and overtaken. It doesn't have cities. It's all very wild and you see Sonic running around it. And I thought, how cool would it be whenever I talked about this uh, last year, if they had it to where they kind of mixed the idea of Sonic and its style of platforming with the same way that shadow of the Colossus mixed platforming and puzzle solving with all of the, uh, with some of the Colossi and this game and the way that they teased it so far, doesn't look like it's too far off from that. And it looks like it has potential. So I'd be curious to see what everyone's thoughts are on that for people who have any inkling of interest in Sonic. Um, but guys, what do you think the community stakes should be before we wrap it up? Um, Chris, you are muted. I don't even know why you mute. <laughs> well, because I don't want to cough into the mic and sneeze or whatever. Um, stop, you know what? Stop. Stop vaping and it won't happen so much. <laughs> you're, no. you're killing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, yeah, real I quick, I do have to tell you, I yeah. laughed so hard at work the other day when you were talking. I can't even remember the exact context that you were trying to use it in, but you told Blake, I'm, I, I work in a kitchen. 
monster and cigarettes are my, are like my fuel. <laughs> It's true. I, I've worked in a kitchen once, and I remember that all the things that they all shared is that they all chain smoked, and they all just pounded energy drinks. Hundred percent. How else do you get so, through a fifteen-hour day? <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. All right. Uh, so, what were you going to say about the community state? No, I was saying just give us your best prediction for Thursday, and then you know we'll, we'll circle back to it when the next during the next episode. Give us your best prediction for Thursday. And that means that you're going to do it beforehand. And whoever is the closest will get a $10 PSN card. Because I have a bunch of Sony reward points. And I have sitting there looking like, I don't know what to do with them. Some of them are about to expire. So I might as well use them for this. There you go. I like that. I do too. All right. Well, I will post that out and we'll see. And uh, I think on our side, one prediction each. Just so we're, we're community's take is giving them something. What is uh, one prediction each from you guys? It can be PSVR or third party related. What do you think we're going to see? Chris, is yours God of War? Ragnarok? Because no, that could be serious. it. Days gone too. <laughs> I would poop myself. Like violently. <laughs> oh my God, I'd be so happy. I'm still waiting for Sony to buy CD Projekt Red. And the moment they do, I'm telling you, my I'm going to be like, there's going to be a new Days Gone. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Wouldn't that be the <laughs> that craziest be my announcement of the state of play? They announced Days Gone 2, and it's like PS5 exclusive, first party, <laughs> CD Projekt Red, Days Gone. <laughs> that's their sneak move. That's their, yeah. that's why they put Summer's Game Fest. They're like, we had one big surprise, bitches. <laughs> All right, so realistic, though, for you, uh, what, what your realistic, or you know, as realistic as you think you should go, what's your realistic prediction? I mean, Ooh. if I want to be right, it's, oh, so I didn't realize you were going to go. <laughs> Oh, I thought you. I thought you. What I you thought got? you'd already said. Well, technically, PSVR two, I guess, could have been a joke. Uh, God of War release date. Okay. All right. So you're going back towards the. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Chris. What's yours? Uh, Modern Warfare two reveal. Mine will be very easy. As part of the third party. Yeah. Yep. With PSVR two support. With PSVR two support, yes. Yep. I believe it because I don't know if Infinite Warfare had VR support for uh, <clears throat> if I'm if I'm remembering correct. Yeah, there was a VR mission, and it was like a space like you were in a spaceship and could do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. I didn't I actually pl- I didn't play it surprisingly. I should have, but because I love that game, I just didn't end up playing that. Uh, mine is a very safe bet, and I've already technically said it, but I think we're going to see. Um, I think we're going to see Resident Evil 8 DLC. And then they're going to immediately move into PSVR 2 by announcing the DLC and then cutting towards gameplay of showing the camera like they did whenever they originally announced the kitchen uh, demos and stuff that were around. And they're going to have video of people playing Resident Evil 8 in VR and then they're going to show it off in VR. And that'll be one of the first VR announcements. I'll give you a less easy uh, prediction, and it's Half-Life Alex shows up. I I still feel very strongly that Half-Life Alex will be a launch title for PSVR 2, and that Sony will too. have clutched it. I, I believe it yeah, I wholeheartedly. So. Actually, it's part of why I have yet to play it on my <clears throat> PC, because I did buy it. Yeah, and you're waiting. Oculus is good. But this will be a much higher resolution and an even better experience. And part of me is like, if I'm going to have to have a link cable plugged in to do it on Oculus anyway, I might as well just wait for PSVR 2. I agree. 
I, I want to play it. We there. will see. If I'm wrong, I'll go ahead and start playing it on my Oculus because I look at it every now and then in my Steam list and I'm like, mm, I kind of want to play that. Tasty. But I'm being, uh, I'm holding out. I'm being good. All right, <laughs> boys. Thank you guys for joining me. Saul, go ahead and, and uh, roll us out as you always do. Sure. So if you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating. A like could help, a dislike could help, anything. Uh, if you want to follow uh, us on a numerous amount of social media websites, go to Facebook and go to groups. Go find us under Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at TriangleSQRD. Our Discord is in the link description below. And, of course, you could watch our beautiful faces on YouTube and listen to us across all podcast services. Um, if you want to go the extra mile and really support the channel, you can go to patreon.com slash nartech. For as low as a dollar a month, you get to support us. And it helps out with RSS feeds, or not RSS feed, but like um, everything involving the hidden fees, like with the back fees of podcasting. Uh, when equipment goes down, we have to do that with, uh, I had to get a USB hub for my computer because bandwidth on USBs became an issue when we started streaming from home. So it, it, it really helps out. Um, so yeah, the benefit for that is that every episode you get your name read out at the end and you get cool colors in Discord too, uh, which we shout you out typically throughout the episode with that as well. So I'll let Brett end off on that. And it's been a great episode for 262. We'll see y'all next time for 263. Or wait, is it 263? All right, guys, big shout out. It's two, This is 262. You're right. There you go. <laughs> big shout out to our patrons, Aztec King, Lechion69, The Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Ham and Dagger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warppoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Jason Clendenning, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Sanderud, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and lastly, my name is Dan. Thank all of you guys. And if, remember, if you want to be a patron, you can go over to patreon.com slash nartech. Thanks. Do, 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 do.